Oh, and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's snowed in episode of the Xbox Factor podcast. That is right. If you are in the Northeast, there is a good chance that you were bombed with snow. Uh, obviously, you can see we are a short three full members today, uh, but one of which, Joe, Mr. Bad Bit, on loan from PlayStation Nation will be joining us shortly. He is having some internet issues because of the snow. Thankfully, here in New Rock, we are not suffering from that. I did have to reset my router a couple of times because obviously we got bombed with 15 inches of snow here. But let's introduce our small but very talented and super awesome panel so we can get right into some of the amazing topics. And as we wait for everyone to shuffle on in, before we get into the introductions, I do want to say this. Uh, if you are new, welcome. Uh, please consider subscribing to Double Barrel Gaming and also hitting the like button. If you are already a subscriber supporting this old man's dream, I would please suggest and ask that you forward this on social media. Let people know that we are live. The um, notifications from YouTube have been very wonky at best. Uh, and I don't know if they are still throttling the little guys, which I have on good authority. They are uh, to make room so some of the bigger channels are not uh, suffering the same issues that many of these smaller channels are currently dealing with, which I find to be tremendously unfair. But you know what? With your help, we can let, let people know that this show is live, and it is one of the best Xbox shows on YouTube. And I'm not just saying that because I created it. I'm saying it because I know it. So let's get into the introductions first. The cog that keeps this show running each and every week. The chef known, or the former chef known as Zemi Games. Welcome to the program there, Constant Gamer. Hey, what's up, man? Man, I I I missed being on this show so badly. Next week, uh, I think I said in uh, in our you know private DM that uh, I I really needed this Xbox Factor fix pretty badly. Uh, <laughs> so I am super excited to be here. And then also, boom! I am so jealous of you for all that snow. We were talking uh, before we went live chat and. Uh, you know, the snow just went right over me. I live here in Kentucky and it just went right over me and headed straight to boom. And I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little envious. <laughs> well, listen, I'm sure that my brother, Neo Mental, who is currently cursing me to hell, who lives <laughs> in Jersey and is, uh, is currently sh uh, shoveling snow in, out of his driveway, uh, says that for the man that loves snow, come over here, come this message and shovel my driveway, you prick. That's exactly what <laughs> he said. Um, so, uh, Dan, if you're listening, uh, I love you, but no, uh, you can shovel your own snow. <laughs> and, and next, our very good friend from across the world, someone that has exploded on the scene with not only being an incredible content creator, but very social in keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak. Please welcome. Archimedes. A fantastic good evening from Germany. Man, I'm in the best mood. I have one more day to work and then I have three weeks off. I have a ton of games and I get to talk games with my brothers from the other side of the world. It couldn't be better. I'm super excited for today's show. Let's do it. Well, thank you so much for being here, brother. And like I said, we're going to kind of get into what we are playing. I want to get the chat involved. We have already 100 people here. I want to thank each and every one of you, uh, men and women, for tuning into the Xbox Factor podcast. Let us know what you are playing. What has your interest? 
And we're going to start with Zemi. And I think this is easy. This is an easy one to even to, to guess because we knew that you were excited for Cyberpunk. But just how much Cyberpunk have you been playing? Man, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, there needs to be an intervention. Like, somebody <laughs> needs to step in and and, and, and just tell me to stop. Um, I, I've been playing this game so much, man. I, I, um, I started on like a corpo, uh, you know, mail, and then uh, I probably put in 30, 40 hours on that. And then I created a brand new character because I just can't help myself. I don't know. I, like, I, I, I do that all the time in like Elder Scrolls games. I just, I, I had to create a new character. So I made a, uh, like a female street kid, uh, and she's just absolutely awesome. We've been running around terrorizing neighborhoods. It's been pretty great. Um, but no, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the game. I probably have every where anywhere from probably 40 50 hours in i'm not 100 sure I, I try not to look at the clock uh but i am just absolutely loving this game man uh it, you know well, it, uh, fast is my mic having any static no you're good no, you're, you're right. good um but but one thing that's actually kind of funny about it is like the more i play the more i find myself not wanting to play because i don't want it to be over too soon <laughs> and 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 the last game that had me this way was actually a plague tale which i think we're gonna maybe be mentioning here in a little bit but yes. um yeah i mean i'm absolutely loving this game i can't wait uh, you know, to see what CD Projekt Red does with, um, you know, this game in, in the forms of DLC. And hopefully very, very soon they add in a barbershop so I can change my uh, my character's hair and or beard or whatever. Well, I mean, listen, it's good that you're playing it. Unfortunately, the end of my uh, dilemma was, uh, if you didn't know, I was wait awaiting my collector's edition from Amazon. Uh, it either got lost or stolen in New Jersey. Uh, Joe, I'm looking at you. Uh, and I never got it. So they refunded my money. And unfortunately, I've been unable to acquire the collector's edition for the regular price. So I have decided that maybe those were the gaming gods telling me to just hold out and not spend $300. And yeah, probably. And, and and at the end of the year, when it's on sale, and it's going to be on sale, I will then buy it digitally and just call it square. Uh, Joe, before we get to you, brother, and what you've been playing, Archimedes, what has had your interest and what are you going to play even after this show ends? Oh, maybe he stepped away for a second. Yeah. Boom, boom, you're there. Oh, yeah, now, now you, there you go. Ah, there okay, you go. I just uh, had a hiccup here. <clears throat> yeah, um, man, I've been playing a ton of games. I've also spent a lot of time in um, um, Cyberpunk. I'm probably 30, 35 hours into the game now, and I absolutely agree with Sammy. That game is super awesome. Um, I know it's it's a shame that it runs uh, as bad as it runs on the old consoles, but when you play it on a new uh, machine, um, I'm playing it, of course, on the Series X, um, it runs fine, it looks great, and oh, man, that game is so addictive. Um, a lot of people have been comparing it to, to GTA, and um, no, I, I can't say that. Uh, it is a super deep RPG. In the beginning, probably a little overwhelming with all the really deep RPG mechanics. Um, also, the city is super dense um, and really vertical. You, you don't have one floor to go around. You have in, in some uh, areas, you have like 15, 20 floors and you, 
this is really uncommon for a video game to have such verticality in the level design. Um, it can be a little bit, a bit overwhelming in the beginning, but once you get the hang of it, man, is it good. Um, the story is awesome. Even the side quests um, around every corner, there is um, there is something to discover. The characters are so well, well laid out. Uh, man, I'm really addicted to it. Of course, um, I've also played a little bit of uh, the Gears 5 uh, DLC Hive Buster, um, about first two hours, um, but I think we that going game to looks get gorgeous. to that. Yeah, man, yeah. it really is. I, I was really wondering why Xbox didn't release it um, at launch one month earlier. Um, it would have been really, and then make a make a Miles Morales out of it. Yeah, you know this <laughs> kind of yeah, standalone. I agree because it, it it's beefy. It, it, I, I I listen. Absolutely. I'm only up to chapter. I think I'm I'm still in the first thing. I think there's each chapter has like four sub chapters, and I know that someone said I'm oh I'm, I'm that that messaged me said I'm up chapter six. This this, this is a beefy uh, DLC. Yeah, it it really is, and they kind of stealth dropped it out of nowhere, um, and and didn't make a big fuss about it. And when they absolutely could, because um, like uh, Joe said, it looks stunning, um, it runs butter smooth, um, it's a lot of fun. The characters are good, um, um, the writing is funny. I, I love it. Um, even though I've heard from a, from a couple of Scottish guys uh, that the uh, Scottish accent uh, is apparently really bad. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> who am I to judge? <laughs> no, that is great. And then um, my recommendation for every Xbox gamer, go download the Outriders beta. There's Just a beta good. up. Uh, I've been playing that for like three hours today. Um, man, is it good. Um, really, it's free for everyone. Um, you only have to download the preview app. You don't have to be in the insider program. Yeah. You just okay. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you clarified that because originally I thought that's how you had to play it. No, no, no. You just have to download the the preview app, and in this preview app, um, you can opt in into multiple betas. Um, one of it is, of course, the beta or the alpha ring for the for the dashboard, but you can also opt in into a couple of betas. There are other um, betas in there. A um, bunch of indie games, um, a couple of cool ones, uh, Night Squad 2, I can also recommend that, but um, the big one is definitely Outriders right now. Check it out. It is really good. Um, super surprised by that. It's kind of a mixture in between um, the division with Mass Effect wipe and a little bit deeper RPG mechanics. Um, Sounds good to me, man. That, that's a nice combination. Yeah, and it has this kind of snappy third-person over-the-shoulder uh, shooting mechanics that you are that you love in Gears. So it's really a, a fantastic game. Highly recommended. Great story in the first three hours. Absolutely uh, a recommendation from from my side. Yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. Um, nice, nice. Well, you you definitely kept yourself busy. That's pretty good. I mean, for oh, me. Yeah. I have been playing Immortals. I am close to beating it. It is my one of the biggest surprises of of of, of twenty twenty. Uh, it is an amazing game. It is not your atypical uh, Ubisoft game. I, I, one of the things that jump right off the off the plate is the uh, the writing in the game. It's very very uh, fourth wall breaking on many aspects, uh, and the way the story is told through Zeus. Uh, it, narrating in the background, it, it's it's pretty ingenious. There's a lot of yeah. funny moments. Uh, a lot of you know, again, it, it has very very, I guess, tropes when it comes to like the Greek mythology, 
But there is, like I said, there's a humor to the game that we're not used to for their their Ubisoft type of games, and uh, it is it is definitely something I have. I'm like 43 hours into it. I am just absolutely a, uh, in, in love with that game. And of course, I've been playing the High Busters DLC. I've been putting a lot of video up on social media. The game does look that good in person. It plays incredible, and uh, it's it, it's it's shocking that a game that good is always looked upon as, oh, it's just another Gears game. You, you, you should probably try yeah, and, and play Gears the DLT and stuff like that. Man, yeah. it's really good. And it's a standalone story. Yeah? Yes, standalone story, new characters, new abilities, which the abilities oh, yeah. are pretty damn cool. I got to be honest with you. Again, this I, I don't know if this was something that they were testing for Gear 6, but they need to they need to move forward with it. it, it it's it's ultra cool. But Joe, let, let's get to you, brother. What, what have you been playing? Uh, honestly, I've been carrying Luke Lore. I've been sh I've been his Sherpa in Fortnite. <laughs> man, we're we're back in it. We're back in it. And I, let me tell you something: the next gen glow up for that game is certainly that man. It looks it looks amazing. Now runs. It does. Yeah. It, yeah, it really does look pretty damn incredible, especially the character models. They seem to really pop on screen. Yeah, yeah, I I love, and I think it's the same thing with Gears. Like, more vibrant colors pop really well, so like greens pop really well in that game. Um, been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, I I've been having. Now, are you talking about what the single player or the multiplayer? No multiplayer. I can't get into the single player. I actually. I got midway through. I was at the stealth mission. Everybody was like, oh, it's actually surprising good. I'm like, eh, it's, I'm bored. I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> so I, I, I uninstalled the single player. I've just been, I've just been deep into the multiplayer. I think it's, I've been, this is the most hooked I've been on a Call of Duty. I mean, technically since last year's, but like this one is really at its peak. Uh, the, the hours I've poured into it. So shout out to them. I've been playing Cyberpunk. What well, was playing Cyberpunk 2077, and uh, I uninstalled it. It's oh. not running good on PlayStation, man. Okay. Um, okay. It is. It is. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and first off, when I say this, I, you know, it doesn't it doesn't demean anybody else's experience because I am I am very jealous of everybody that like on the Series X version or more more so on the PC side of things because that's where the game's really running pretty damn well on. Um, that is the 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 side of things that they actually focus on, unfortunately. And um, yeah, it's because and the reason why I'm jealous is because from what I've seen, this game is up my alley. Like, I understand the correlations people are doing from GTA to you know to this game. If you want to do it that way, the elevator pitch would be: this is a GTA cyberpunk RPG. Um, that would be the elevator pitch but it's so much more than that the atmosphere the world they're building and the story that they're telling and the characters that inhabit the world the main characters all are really fleshed out unique and there's so much depth to each one of those characters and i would love to have the conversation if this game didn't come out about some of its shortcomings because there definitely are there like melee combat it doesn't feel great um, you know, the combat, once you start shooting, you're like, okay, so, you know, once you put yourself into the, oh, this is Fallout, I'm fine with it. Um, but, like, there are some, like, themes that they play with that I don't think they play exactly well with. Um, there are some promises that they that they said about this game that just blatantly aren't there. Like, when it comes to the NPCs, um, 
you know, they said that they have their own unique day and life cycles and like they have their own type of personalities and whatnot. That did sound a lot of pie in the sky. And it very much is because when you're talking to someone that isn't holding a quest or isn't part of the main cast, it is really, really shallow. Like it's, it's, they're saying a single line over and over again and they're not even looking. Their animations are really poor. So like some of that stuff that I was really looking forward to wasn't there, but I wanted to discover more of this world. The only problem is how many bugs I ran into. So like for combat wise, like, there would be enemies disappearing, enemies that would just run into walls, enemies that would just stand there letting, letting you shoot at them till they're dead, invisible enemies, invisible uh, inv- enemies that would just stand in place letting me kill them. Wow. Um, in the car, my car would turn invisible. Other people's cars would turn invisible. Uh, every time I turned on the radio, the game would freeze for about seven to eight seconds. There's one part, and this is like the part where I almost just like turned off the game, uh, there's a brain dance sequence that's like gameplay merged with cutscenes, and you're in like the strip club. So I parked outside, I did the mission, and every time the, the cutscene hit, it just stared at my car, like not at like what's going on in the room. Oh, and then when wow. I was done with that sequence, the camera just was still locked on my car, and I actually had to turn off the game. And when I turned off the game, we started it. I had to redo that whole sequence all over again. And then when I finally got out of the prologue. The game had a crash, and then I was 40 minutes behind my previous save. And oh, I was like, well, yeah. This is it. It's yep. done. Yep. And I, I think, think, you know, be- before I end my rant, uh, Dan from uh, from Season Gaming said something great. He said, immersion-breaking bugs are rough in Cyberpunk 2077. Aside from the crashes, they're the worst. Remember in Titanic when the ship was sinking and the musicians started playing? Very powerful moment. Now imagine the dicks are hanging out of their pants see what i mean (laughs) there are moments in this game where like there's floating things or like textures haven't loaded in yet while like a scene's playing like there's a part with keanu reeves where like he's in a crowd of people and everybody was t-posed just floating and i was like i can't get into this thing because like everybody's t-posed so uh, honest to goodness i'm i'm happy for everybody that's enjoying it i'm happy and my disappointment shouldn't equate to your enjoyment this has been the most disappointing game I've played this generation because I was very excited Ooh. for it and it just did not land anyway. Well, I, I mean, again, we're, we're, I'm going to be looking to do an end of the year uh, discussion, not not on the lines of what uh, uh, of, of Archimedes just did on, on on Tuesday, which if you missed, you should definitely check was, out. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I'm going to thank do, you guys for being part of it. Oh it yeah, really was. Absolutely, dude. Uh, I wanna, I wanna put something together for the end of the year. Not an, not, not, not a game of the year show. See, the game of the year show, I am doing. We're doing it. I believe it's going to be January twenty third. Uh, that is going to be done with my brothers, and I say that mm-hmm. it's going to be done with my my real brother Neo Mental and my also two very long time uh, friends that I grew up with. Uh, uh, Jay the Destroyer and also Joe uh, Jay the Retro Gamer. We do this every year. Uh, we've been doing it for the last Jesus. It must be almost eight or nine years. Could be even ten years at That's this awesome. point. Where we get together. The way, normally the way we used to do it was before I was a podcaster. We would meet at someone's house. We'd hang out. We'd all have a couple of drinks. At least I wouldn't drink, but we'd all have a couple of drinks. We'd go to dinner. 
right? We we would hang out for a bit, and we'd come back to their place, and we'd all sit down and just like a bunch of bunch of nerds talk about the game of the year. And we and and uh, uh, Jay the Retro Gamer has a, a point system the way he does it. It's fant- It's it's ingenious. And we would just vote on the game of the year. It was, again, it's a smaller thing. It's we think it's cool. I know people are like oh, that's a big old nerd thing, but you know, oh, what? well, we're all big old nerds. We're watching yeah. people talk about games. And so <laughs> yeah, so we awesome. so that that that's that's coming. But I I do have a couple of more programs. Uh, upcoming before the end of the year to keep this party train going. Uh, Before we get into the first topic, though, uh, I do want to just remind everyone that tomorrow's uh, Christmas, or should I say, uh, a Breakfast with Boom holiday episode will be live at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Joe, you're going to be a part of that. Uh, the two special guests is going to be King David from the Iron Lords podcast, along with Noof Nukem. Now, everybody knows Noof from Gaming After Dark. Uh, they will be joining us, uh, and I say us, it's going to be me, it's going to be Mr. Bad Bit, uh, BitCloud Gaming, of, uh, it's going to be Dreadpool as well as Crispy Mom. And yes, it is our annual um, celebration for the holidays. Uh, Mrs. Boomstick and I are giving away $500 worth of digital prizes. Uh, those prizes will be drawn and picked uh, live on the air. The way that you win one of those prizes are one of three ways. One, you drop a super chat in, uh, which I've been recording all super chats in from December 1st to the 18th, which is tomorrow, or you are a channel member or a Patreon supporter. If you are any of those three and or all of those three, you get bonus entries and you have your chance to win uh, a ton of really cool prizes. Again, they're all digital prizes. You tell me your gift card of choice and I will DM you them, uh, you know, with the code and it'll be an early Merry Christmas for you. And it's just our way of continuing to say thank you to this incredible and very generous community that has powered uh, this uh, this old man's dream, if you will, uh, since I started in November of 2017. But let's get into the top. The, the one, now, again, normally we can start off with small topics, but I think we have a big one that needs to be addressed. And I'm glad, Joe, you're here because I was actually going to wait for you. And this one is a big one. And it's a big one. And I say that because it's a one that is has been talked about the most. It is the one that I think is going to be the most controversial of today's program. And it's a one I believe is completely relevant. Um, so getting to topic number one, uh, as we know, the next generation has officially arrived in a big way. Now, for some, it has been a flawless transition uh, in the form of Xbox One and PlayStation 4 being left behind. For others, though, not so much. Now, the topic at hand concerns one that we have talked about in delirium, if you will, on this program, and it involves Halo Infinite. And, you know, the Master Chief is no stranger to both a positive and negative discussion when needed, uh, though this conversation is going to be much uh, very different than many before it and uh, may actually upset some listeners who are not looking towards the new Xbox consoles uh, for the Series X and S. And one of the most debated topics in recent months, and as a matter of fact, we were just talking about it moments ago, is if Sony and, more importantly, Xbox should make full use of the next-generation hardware. And what I mean by that is making the next-gen games exclusive for the new consoles. And it it really is a point of contention and discussion 
because of what's going on with Cyberpunk. Now, Cyberpunk 2077 is a game that had 8 million pre-orders. Folks, I understand what I just said. 8 million pre-orders. Okay, that is incredible. Uh, and unfortunately, what's happening is many people are going out and dropping their 60, 70, 80, 90, or even $300 on a collector's edition to bring this game home with excited anticipation and are being disappointed at every turn. And why do you think this is? Well, listen, I'm not a developer, so I honestly don't know. Uh, but if these games were made for next-gen only, would these games still have these bugs? Mm -hmm. Again, that's a question that we are going to debate and whether or not that we believe that, in fact, is true. So, look, the truth of the matter is this. Microsoft delayed Halo Infinite until holiday of 2021, which gives 343 Industries and whoever else has teamed up with them from inside one of Microsoft's 23 first-party studios to make this game a masterpiece. They have 11 and a half months or 11 months to get this to be the Halo Infinite that I know that it's going to be. I have, I literally have no doubt that this is going to be epic. I, I really do. I really feel in my heart of hearts we're all going to look back on this show and many shows before and say, you know what? Boom was right. There wasn't anything to worry about. And, I, and that's how I honestly feel. Though that is not the main crux of the conversation. The main crux of the conversation is taking... What is happening in mainstream media today? Seeing that cyberpunk is literally running to the point of molasses on the vanilla PlayStation 4s, PlayStation 4 Pros, Xbox Ones, and Xbox One X consoles. For crying out loud, Joe has just told you that it's not even running good on his PlayStation 5. So the question is... Does Microsoft and, more importantly, 343 Industries need to take a real strong stance and look at what is currently going on and cancel the old generation version of Halo? That is the question. Now, Mr. Babbitt, I want to go to you yeah. first on this because you are one of our biggest Halo fans outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if Project X Cloud is going to be on consoles that could logistically do the heavy lifting yep. for the game. See, we don't know that. Now, if it is, well, then it's not even worth it. Now this conversation is completely out the window, but we have to assume that it's not going to be. Okay. Plus, plus, more importantly, if you want ray tracing, if you want VRS, if you want all of the bells and whistles you're getting on these new consoles, well, you got to buy the new consoles. Yeah. Uh, so my question to you is, and being fair-minded, does 343 Industries truly need to be very precise on their decision on whether or not they should cancel the old generation version of Halo Infinite and focus solely on next generation? That's a great question. And it's also, you know, I put my Sony hat on of what they said and lied about uh you know eight months ago just like we believe in generations that uh, taking that hard stance 
and then finding out, I mean, you know, for me, I've known this, you know, Horizon was going to be a PS4 game at the start. It was, was not planned to be a PS5 game. So now that being a PS4, PS5 game, um, I'm being, I'm being yelled at downstairs. One sec, guys. Yeah, go to our... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's 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 go to Archimedes on this. Archimedes, you know, you and I have been talking privately in the DM for for a bit, and we 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 are kind of, I believe, on the same page on this. What what are your thoughts on this? Because you know, obviously, again, it's weird with CD Projekt Red's um, Cyberpunk. There are some people like Zemi who are not reporting the same problems that Joe's having. Um, there are friends yeah. of mine that are reporting unbelievable amounts of problems. And my brother, Dan is 50 hours into it. And he is, you know, he's had some bugs, but he's not reporting the same amount of craziness. Yeah. What do you think about this? I mean, does three, four, three kind of have to look at this maybe a little different than maybe their stance before. Uh, It's a complex question. Um, The short answer um, is, I think they should not release a Halo on uh, the old consoles, and um, but there's a lot to it. Let me let me start a little because uh, Joe started this um, uh, th- discussion about cross-gen and PlayStation said it and Xbox said it and they want to have it. And I think every game that is released this year should be cross-gen. Um, that is just for for multiple reasons. Um, the first is. Even if you want to transition to the new consoles, you can't. Yeah, you can't buy them right now. So uh, leaving a lot of gamers uh, out in the rain now, um, just because uh, scalpers took <laughs> the opportunity to buy the consoles, or Microsoft or Sony didn't, um, or are not able to manufacture enough consoles, um, is is something we have to consider when we talk about this. Uh, people just can't buy the consoles right now. So. Games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or now Cyberpunk, if they would come out only on the new consoles, only a handful of gamers would be able to play them. Um, and that's definitely the beauty of, of cross-gen. And um, I think it makes sense in the beginning of a console generation. Um, now, if we look at Cyberpunk as an example for that, that game really is ambitious. Um, it does so many things, and, and it's not just about the graphics. It's about level design. I touched on it earlier a little bit, the verticality. But there's even more to it. There's a lot of simulation going on in the game. It's really ambitious um, because you can make a ton of decisions that affect the world. Um, and I'm not just saying that there is a choice uh, to do either A or B in, in the main mission. Even if you do side missions, they affect your main story. Yeah, I did a completely optional side mission where I accidentally killed off one of the main characters from the main story. And that character is now not there anymore. So it branches off in possible directions. And this just shows you how ambitious that is. And that takes a lot of, of computational resources. I think this is where the problems come in for CD Projekt Red right now on the old consoles. Their game is just so ambitious um, that they will have problems making that game run on the old consoles. The problems that Joe was reporting on his PlayStation 5s, those are bugs. Those can be fixed. 
But I think the problem um, on the old consoles goes deeper. Um, it's not just that they have glitches or crashes or stuff. Yeah? That game runs in in like with ten or twelve frame rates uh, uh, frames per second. Um, that is that is so so super low. And they have had seven years to develop that game. They know that the the hardware, the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One, inside out. Um, and still we're not able to make it run better than 12 frames per second. So you have to really ask, is it just an, an too ambitious game? And the same goes for, for Halo. We have seen it. Um, it. It is of a huge scope. It does a lot of things that have, have never been done in a Halo game. It's not a corridor shooter anymore. It's an open world, side quests. Um, a lot of things happening there. And you touched on it. There are stuff like ray tracing, um, and those kind of visuals um, that, yeah, th those can be scaled, but there, um, there are other things, gameplay mechanic things that cannot be scaled. And now if we move forward one year, like November next year, this is probably when Halo will come out. Yes. Yeah. We have to ask ourselves, it, for us, it will feel like the current generation, the Series X generation and PlayStation 5 generation right. goes on like forever. Um, it will feel right now we are all in, in this honeymoon phase with the new consoles. Yeah. But in a year, we are all used to them and you can buy the new consoles. Yeah. You can just go in a shop uh, in, in the US and Best Buy or wherever, <laughs> GameStop, walk in and buy a new console if you want to. So the question then really becomes, is it, is it okay for Microsoft to spend a lot of resources now making an ambitious game run on super old hardware? Because let's remember, 2013, when the consoles came out, PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, they were nowhere near as powerful as the current generation consoles are. They were already outdated. Yes, they were low to correct. mid tier PCs in yep. 2013. So this is really old hardware, and it. it um, I'm not saying I I I can't estimate or guesstimate the uh, the ambition of Halo Infinite, but from all we have heard, it is an ambitious game. And now we see that this game really needs polish. Um, that's why we have to uh, um, haven't been able to play it yet. Yeah, that's why they delayed it. And now they spend a huge time a huge part of their team and a lot of time and money on making a game that is ambitious run on this old hardware i don't think that this is is the best thing if they take the same resources and make the experience even greater on the new generation of consoles um i think their game itself will benefit from it and in one year eventually gamers will have to make the shift we can't mm. do that cross generation all the time we can do it right now like i said in the in the first couple of months of a generation but after a year you you have to come to this point where you just cut the old generation loose and not hold game design i'm not talking graphics i'm talking game design mecha yes. gameplay mechanics simulations physics stuff like that you you can't hold um can't um uh hold game development back like that and that's I'm sorry. So yeah, no. you finish your point. Yeah, um, and, and that's that's really why I I would hope that they cut it loose. Um, and mm -hmm. it is not like if we are talking about the Xbox ecosystem, it's not like you have um, don't have enough options. Yeah, you can games, you can stream Halo via XCloud if you don't 
if you really can't afford it, um, yeah, the, the streaming app is out on, on the Android. It comes to PC. It comes to smart TVs by next year. Yeah, you can play it on your smart TV via streaming if you really don't have the money to invest in it. There's always the option of the super cheap Series S. And I make a bet right here that the next holiday, you will be able to get the Series X in, in a sale, Black Friday sale or whatever, for two forty nine. I got you yeah. know what's funny you should say that I actually have it on good authority and again I, I I don't reveal sources so folks just bear with me uh that next year for the release of Halo Infinite with a special edition console which I believe we're going to get both versions we're going to get the S version and the X version I have it on good authority that they're going to drop the price I can't say for the X but I know for the S for sure it is going to go to 250 um yeah. and that is pretty incredible at that point, it will be cheaper than an Xbox One X had ever been. I think the cheapest was three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, same in euros here across Europe. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, so I I get that money is is uh, is, is definitely an issue to to move over, to, uh, but eventually you will have to do it. Um, the, the, those old consoles can't be supported forever. Yeah. I think Xbox makes it more easy to um, to transition over to next gen um, gameplay than ever before with XCloud, with the Series S as an entry point, um, and eventually we can't uh, we have to do it and can't hold the game development back. And just think about how many people at three for three will have to work on on those old gen versions, making them run on that 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 really old hardware of the Xbox One base console not even the one s the base console it is um take those resources and make the experience as good as possible and then you have finally your game that brings people over from the old generation it's a system seller halo is a system seller i'm make actually on the exact opposite side of the fence here okay you, then shoot. I, <laughs> I think you absolutely need what halo needs more than anything um, because it's going to sell a system no matter what. It's it needs an audience, and you can't do that. I mean, we saw it with like games like Titanfall that tried to do it a few months as the consoles were coming out. Um, you know, you you can't do that a year in and have that steady base there. Um, you know, I don't. I take. I I would like to think that Cyberpunk is kind of the exception to the rule um, in terms of how to scale the game. You know, I think just because Cyberpunk came out unplayable on, on base consoles, I don't think that is a testament to, oh, this hardware is old. They were making this game for eight years. You know, they're like, like even, even they said it, like they don't have a next-gen version. This is the version they plan to have out. They don't have it in their hands. You know, we're playing the backwards compatible version on the uh, of a PS4 on a PS5, yep. right? So this is this. It, it really like when you take a look at like what the Switch can run. And sure, sure, it's you know compromised in some ports, but like you know you get you got your Wolfenstein, you got your Doom, you got your your Skyrim. And the yes, Witcher. Some of them, the Witcher. <laughs> the Witcher yeah. runs on the Switch. Uh, actually, exactly. It may well. look like a potato. But it's the, no. the Witcher on the mobile screen. It doesn't look like a potato. It actually looks fine on the on the mobile screen. Yeah, it's so like for me, I don't I don't view that old hardware equals new new software going to be bad. I view it as how is your scaling 
how are you scaling that tech? And is that tech made to be scalable? So, you know, I take a look at Fortnite um, as a great, great example of like, look at that game. It could be played on a phone. It could be played on a tablet. It could be played on a Xbox. You could play it on a PlayStation, right? It, th- that game is incredibly scalable. So how do we scale the uh, Halo Infinite? That's the true question is how do we scale it? And I think we have to, as fans, level with ourselves and go, Halo isn't going to be, and please put the pitchforks down, it's not going to be that ambitious, it's going to be your first-person shooter fair, especially when it comes to the multiplayer. It needs to have those Halo roots. You know, I don't like. I, I'm walking in for Halo not to change the world, but to be a really good Halo game. And I think that's where most people, if you've played Halo, want you want a really good Halo experience. We've seen that you can do that with the Xbox One. The game's going to look great, right? Guardians looked great, um, and so really, I take a look at what. PlayStation's done with Miles Morales. Like that game runs really great on a PS5, looks really great on a PS5, and you can still show off the tech that is ray tracing, that is global illumination. And you could do the same on the Xbox with Halo. It's their most popular IP, and they need to make sure that it is supported by not just the dev side, but the audience side alike. You need as many boxes as you can so that millions of people play it on day one. Uh, so I, I really think it, it, the question is, and I think that's what they're working on right now, is how is this software scaling with Xbox to series? Um, well, uh, that's that's my, a true question. Pardon me for interrupting. Um, yeah, the for thing it. It really is here, um, what is scalable? Graphics are scalable. Your example from Miles Morales is, um, is, is a graphics um, example. Yeah, You add ray tracing, you add 60 frames, and there you go. You have your exp- next-gen experience. But the gameplay right. mechanics, are they different from the base Spy- Spider-Man game? Is there anything? There's nothing new to it. Right. And that's that's the that's my my thing. Um, we don't well, know what this be- code. Like, like when we take a look at Halo, I mean, we can only tell with the, the single player, but it looks like it's an open world Halo game, it's right? It's an open world Halo game. You don't and know what they want to do with AI, with simulation of of the environment and so on. I'm not, I'm not saying that they will do it. I say the potential is there. And obviously yeah. the game is so ambitious that after five years of development time and a $500 million budget in the game, they still were not able to finish it. So there has to be some ambition to it. And the question really is now, where do you spend your resources on? Do you spend it to make it, making it r- run on this old console? where it will never fulfill the ambition, the the vision you had for the game? Or do you just drop that and make it a super polished uh, experience on the new hardware? And I get your multiplayer argument. You want the lobbies to be full. That's true. But they are doing that by making it free to play. Yeah, They are doing it by making it available via crossplay on PC, on Xbox consoles, series consoles, and xCloud. Well, yeah, I mean, our ton of- Archimedes, at the end of the day, they've spent, you know, $500 million, if I'm not mistaken, on this new engine. I, I mean, their ultimate goal with this game is to make money, right? Like, th- like that is their ultimate goal. At the end of the day, they are a business. They want to make money. And you are going to sell a lot more uh, copies of that game if you put it on the Xbox One 
than if you make it only you know this current new generation sure um the money is uh, the business side obviously yeah the bigger the possible install base um the bigger um, your possible out income i'm not but i'm not worrying about the business side of microsoft i'm talking as a as a fan of games and i want to have the best halo experience and i'm not sure if we will get that if the old consoles will be still supported and at the end of 2021 you know, what I really want to think do, though, Joe, it, finish, your, your, I'm sorry. Okay, finish your point. No, finish your point, Joe. And I want to get Zemi in. I want to hear what he has to say about this. I don't think it's like, like, let's take back ambition, the vision of this game. Um, we don't know for sure what the true vision of, we have a glimpse of it. And I think, so like, when I take a look at like Miles Morales, um, it's a great game, no matter if I'm playing on a PS4 or I'm playing it on a PS5, but I'll tell you, uh, if you gave me the opportunity to play it on PS5, I'm going to, and it's not just because of, uh, you know, ray tracing or, or that, that skybox that looks beautiful. It's also some of the features that the PlayStation 5 has, like the haptic feedback, like the adaptive triggers, uh, like Tempest Sound. Those are the things that are bringing me in. So if you can leverage the, the horsepower of the Series X, to have something like, like again, like ray tracing, like global illumination, you know, like if you can have those things to make it a worthy enough experience to go, oh, like for, for an Xbox One fan or someone on the fence of going, okay, I could play it here, but damn, it looks nice on a Series X, so I'm going to go out there and, and buy it. Um, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm kind of looking towards it as. It's just like, you know, I just want a Halo game I don't want something that claims it's going to change the world. Like Doom is an amazing game because it is not out there to be anything but what a modern Doom game should feel like. And they nail it. And that game feels like Doom, whether you're playing it on a Switch, whether you're playing it on a PS4, or whether you're playing it on an Xbox One. They all feel like Doom. And I think that's what Halo needs is as long as it feels like Halo somewhere, it's great. And it does worry me. I don't, when, it, when we talk about cross-play, I don't want to play with PC players. They are going to kick my ass. Like that is not a fun time with me. Um, so like, I, I want to make sure that I have about as even ground with another person that's not using mouse and keyboard. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to save my point for the last because my, my point is, is I, I have to say this right out of the gate. It, it's on, the it's on with, uh, with uh, Archimedes. Uh, I, I feel that there is a grand scope and scale for a new Halo that is supposed to be a rebranding or a rebirth of Master Chief. Uh, mm. I, I, and again, you know, real quick, a good a good friend of the show, the X Element, he says something pretty interesting in the chat. He goes, "Gears Five and Hive Busters proves that not only can Microsoft Studios deliver a proper cross-gen title." But their studios have really raised the bar in quality and presentation and gameplay. See, now, I can't argue that point. But again, this is an open-world Halo. This is not the same corridor-based Halo that we are known, that we're all used to. This is, again, they, they have ambitions. They have, uh, and some of those ambitious lines can't be crossed because of the bottleneck situation in the Xbox One X, as opposed to not having that line in the series X and the S. And I think, again, I'm going to save my point because I want to hear Zemi, but uh, I, 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 I have to say that I think I'm siding here with, with Archimedes, but Zemi, listen, I know from, from a business point of view, which is way your mind works. 
it makes perfect sense. The more consoles you have to play Halo on, the more people are either going to A, buy the game, or B, subscribe to Game Pass. Makes total sense. Makes absolute sense. But from from g- looking at the way that it was presented by Archimedes, he, he does bring up some very valid points about there potentially being uh, some holdback as to how big this game is going to eventually be because of old hardware. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this? Should Microsoft and or 343 Industries scrap the Xbox One S and X version of Halo? Yeah, for me personally, I, I believe that the best course of action is for them to fully support last gen. Um, you know, for, just just as an example, you know, first off, just starting first off, if you abandon last gen for this game, you are going to have a lot of fans and a lot of consumers who are in a COVID ridden economy, quite possibly, who won't have the money uh, to buy a next gen console to play this game that they want to play. Uh, furthermore, if there's any consoles available, and we also have to remember that Xbox has specifically came out and made the statement that that they would support these next gen consoles going forward. At least I think two, three years was their statement. Right. So if they go back on that, then they have done a huge lie to the consumers. And that is not good for their brand. That's not good for the image of Xbox. And, and, and for me personally, ultimately, I think it's really important and I would like to see you know, Xbox be the company that keeps its promises rather than destroys them um, because things just got a little bit tough. Um, you know, I, I, you know, from, from, uh, you know, a, a, a monetary standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense to, you know, publish this game on as many places, you know, as many outlets as you can to maximize profits. They're in a lot of money with the development of this game. And I understand from some points where Archimedes is coming from, but we also have to remember this is the very beginning of this generation, and rarely do we see an absolutely mind-blowingly ambitious game come out at the very beginning of a generation, right? Like, it's usually yeah, not... We are talking next year. year. We are talking next year. The consoles yeah, will be out already for a year. Yes. It won't feel like the beginning of the generation okay. anymore. Okay, and, and, and I understand what you're saying, and but that's a big if. We don't know what this game's going to have, you know, technically, you know, technical-wise, right? It, 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 you're, you might be right, and it might not be able to be ran on a, you know, last-gen console, but, you know, as they were building this game, you know, let the last-gen consoles were out. They, you know, had an idea of when they were going to release it, and they knew what consoles they wanted to release it for, so I don't think that it is impossible to release this console or release this game on the last gen console. Um, you know, the, the way I look at it is Xbox has, you know, even went as far to, you know, to tell us that, you know, their first party games will be built for next gen, but they will be able to be scaled down to last gen. Right. They have specifically said that. And we know that that type of thing is possible. We see it on PC right now. Right. And if you can scale games for PC, depending on the hardware that you had on your personal computer, I don't see why you can't scale the game for console. And I understand like the the ideas of, well, Cyberpunk's a really, really buggy game, but I'm definitely going to have to agree with Joe on this. 
in the sense that, you know, I don't think that that is a very good comparison to make to to say well you know cyberpunk was just way too ambitious for this uh for this new uh for this old generation because they literally created the game for this old generation it, it's really just a matter of them not putting in i guess enough work they you know they probably realistically they should have delayed the game again um you know there's only so many delays that you could probably do until a publisher you know smacks down and says no but they they could have probably definitely done another uh you know for another delay but i don't see any reason why halo should not be published and, and put on the last gen i mean i understand your point archimedes as, as far as from a technical standpoint but that's if and 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 there's a great statement, you know, or there's a great saying about if, you know, if a frog had wings, it wouldn't bounce or it wouldn't bump its ass every time it took a step. Right. That's oh. as far as as if can get you. Right. We don't I've know. never heard that in my life. What type of old saying? Hey, I mean, hey it's a good buy one. You? It's, what is, what's going on here? It, hey, it's a good one. Uh, that one's it's straight from great. Kentucky, I think. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but 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 I think that that's true. We we don't know. And, and until there's evidence to actually point towards them not putting this game on last or on uh, of them not putting this game on last gen i don't feel comfortable personally saying that they shouldn't do it i think it makes more sense to do it than to not do it um you know the amount of people that are going to be heartbroken and and just angry if xbox you know backpedals on this and and says mm -hmm. that they can't play this game and by the way you can't also buy a console because we don't have any for you to buy potentially next year we don't know what the future holds of course um, you know, I just don't think that that's right. And, and I think it makes a lot more sense to publish it on last gen consoles than it does to, to only put it on, on the next gen consoles. And just one more little quick point. I want everybody in the chat, all the Halo fans, look, look who's trying to fight for you. Okay. The PlayStation guys, Emmy games here. We're here. We were fighting the good fight. I want to. I want to also comment just one one, uh, one or two short things here on on Sammy's points. Um, I, I get them. Um, the thing is, the promise for Microsoft was to support the old consoles for the first year or two. Well, one one to two years is the one exact to two quote. years. So yeah. we are in we are in that range where they wouldn't break a promise technically. Um, yeah, because after one year, yeah, would, would uh, the fans look at it like that though? Technically, well, yeah, you know, it's a good. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I, I get that point, but I, I, I'm just saying, yeah, technically they wouldn't wouldn't break a promise here. This is the first thing. The second thing is, again, they had five years already to make that game run. Something in that game is so ambitious or so complicated to make it run on the Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, on the Series S, on the Series X, on xCloud, and on PC. Yeah, so that that these huge resources are not enough to, to launch the game. And now it really comes down to this. Do you want a unpolished um, experience on the Series X and the Xbox One just because they had to focus a lot of free or use a lot of resources to make the, the game run on the old consoles? Or do you just want the best game possible on the next-gen console? And I'm, I would say at one point, eventually, we have to cut loose. This, this whole... Um, we support uh, both the old and the new gen for years to come is just not good for the game development at, at some point. Eventually, you will have to cut 
cut the old chin loose. And for the business side, I'm not sure moving people over to the new chin and move bring and 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 with that bringing new subscribers to Game Pass is also a business strategy. Even though if the overall player base might not be as high, um, I'm I'm not sure here if if um, that would turn out. And next year, I'm. Again, we will be able to buy the consoles regularly. You can buy them online in every store, everywhere. That won't be an issue next next holiday. So, yeah, eventually, I mean, look, I, 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 I'll say this: I'm I'm siding with Archimedes on this one. And, and listen, this is this is from someone that's for the people by the people, right? I, I'm all about you know not leaving the little man behind. But there comes a point where your flagship title looked not that good. Again, I was okay with it, but it didn't look the way it was supposed to look. The question is, why is that? Why is Halo, a game that's $500 million investment, five years in development, not launching? Now, people are going to say, well, wait a second, boom. I heard you say COVID, and I'll be the first one to say yes. COVID started last year after the holidays is when it really kind of hit its, its stride. The, the game was in development for four years prior. So what, what happened to those four years? Here's the thing. The thing is this. We have new consoles. Microsoft, you know, I know people are going to say, well, just, just you know, people are hurting, boom. People can't go out and buy systems. And, and I hear you. I'm, I'm not an animal. I understand the, the hard the hardships. And, and, and trust me, there I'm more aware of it than you realize at some points. But Microsoft has made it a business to offer the ability to upgrade your console in many forms. You can, you can play on PC, you can play on xCloud, you can buy an Xbox Series X when they're available in the store, or you can buy an S. And if you don't want to buy it, and you don't have that kind of money up front, you can use all access and pay $25 slash $35 respectively, and you get Game Pass, and you get uh, xCloud, and you get Xbox Live. So now I want to move this conversation to the technical aspect. The problem is Halo Infinite, again, is not your, your regular Halo. It is not what we know and love. It's going to have elements, sure. It's going to have the Master Chief. It's going to have the Banished and the Flood potentially. And, of course, the Elites and everything else that, you know, every bad guy you could throw in under the sun is going to be there for you. All the Warthogs and uh, vehicles you want to drive are going to be there for you to experience as a Halo fan and enjoy. The problem is exactly what Archimedes is saying. There is something technically going on with this game that we don't know about yet, but they know, and they're having a difficult time getting that technical issue fixed to run on the old consoles. Question, how many how many Xbox uh, estimate, because I know there's not like an official number. It's, it's like 50 million, let's just say. 50 million? Mm-hmm. So, okay. All, all right. Because my, my one thing is like to the casual consumer, Mm, that hurts if in less than a year your your hardware is already unsupported. I mean, here's here's my question though. Like, I know that you guys are saying that there's something technical going on with this game that makes it so ambitious that it couldn't run on last gen consoles. But but where is the evidence of that? Where is the proof? Because there is none that I'm seeing. Well, right there, now. There, there's there, there's no proof that we know about. But why why is the game delayed? 
I mean, there's okay. I mean, there's countless reasons why it could be delayed. You know, like like right. somebody in the in the office scheduling people could have took a nap. We don't know, right? I mean, <laughs> that I mean, one I'm, nap. I, okay, I, I, that, that's a little facetious. <laughs> I understand, but there are other things get, that could affect game development right. other than there just being this brand new, extremely technical demanding feature that is not going to be able to be played on 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 you know the the last in consoles it's right? like what happens when he grapples a certain rock and breaks the game like you know no it, it does not have to be a super technical now. feature you are right they, sammy this potentially doesn't have to be the case the direction of the game that they wanted to they learned that some of the assets that they were using weren't going to work so they had to do they, so they had to change it around yeah, but, but again, that's the you point. have seven platforms uh, you you have to publish the game on. If you take three of these platforms, the three weakest platforms, out of the equation, um, you definitely have to spend less time optimizing an old hardware that will have trouble running this game. And but this is just, mean, this is it, just it, a question about resources. It doesn't right, have to be I mean, only about technical features. I mean, first, I mean, they're a trillion-dollar company, but like, secondly, didn't they say, you know? Didn't, didn't they say like the Xbox One architecture and the Xbox Series architecture are 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 very similar, and that this thing is going mm -hmm. to be even easier than ever to to code for or to scale up and down from? So like I I don't know if I necessarily buy that. There's something super ambitious again. Like when we take a look at Fortnite, Fortnite is an incredibly ambitious game. When you when you really get into the the weeds of things of what that game's able to achieve in those games like with all the the live events and whatnot that game's being run on a galaxy phone right yeah, so you, I, know, I, you know here, here's the here's also the problem you see the, yeah. the one thing that i don't I, I that i have a big problem with is the suggestion that 50 million people are playing halo the answer is that is not even factually true 10 percent mm -hmm. of that 50 million are playing Halo. Okay. That, I mean, we have to call a spade a spade. But, but this 10 is 10% of 50 million is a lot more than 10% of 2 million. Yeah. But you, but you, but you are assuming that the game is out today. That's the problem. You have to remove yourself from that equation and talk about a game that's coming out a year from today. But are we saying that, like, well, first, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more than like 5%. I think so. Like, if we take even just like we'll play with that number. Are we are we telling those five million people? All right, buck up, shut up, give, give us this cash. It's like the one thing that I do agree with you, uh, Boom, to a certain extent, is that when this game comes out, it's not going to have the Miles Morales effect because Miles Mor Miles Morales came out a year ago. This might get a little bit more scrutinized as to like, all right, is this just like an Xbox One game just scaled up? Um, to to some folks out there, like that's going to be analyzed. You could bet your ass, like Digital Foundry is going to do something crazy with yeah, it. Yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying here is of 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 it should it should it should break the boundaries. But Xbox isn't really about that. They are about like again, like Xbox Series X is cool. You don't need it right now, though. Just be a part of our ecosystem. And I think giving those people choice. And I think that's the, the main thing about Xbox is giving players choice and giving people time to, to upgrade or, or, or not. I think that's important, you know? Yeah. But, but how long do you want to support that? Because let's, let's it's look at one two years. Yeah. Two one, years. One, one to two yeah, years. But, but in two years, a game comes out, let's say fable holiday, 2020, we have a fable release. You have two mm -hmm. years. Should that game come out on the old consoles? Absolutely You don't not. want to cut someone loose. And eventually, you have to, as a gamer, you have to invest in new hardware. 
whether it's this year, next year, yes, or in two years. I'm, and I'm not, and I'm not so, saying that. I, this but is, and Xbox there, is making there's a delicate, one, I, I, one I, thing. I, um, they are extending the 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 cheapest way to to play next gen games significantly next year. They have said so. The xCloud app will come to smart TVs. It will come to PC. So all you need is a TV or or a PC monitor. You don't have to have a capable PC. You just have to have the monitor and a controller. And that's it. And then you can play the game. That's your choice. It's cheaper than anything. I see where you're coming from. Joe, let me just add this also, also, also to the conversation. See, here's the problem. You know, I want to bring PC into the conversation because, you see, if you have a current PC that can't run an X game because your hardware isn't up to snuff and it's going to run the game the absolute worst possible, what do you do? You go out and you buy a new piece of hardware to play X game. I think mm-hmm. that's the same the same argument, even though it's 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 um, juvenile, if you will, could be said for well, Halo Infinite is the rebirth of the Master Chief. We have new consoles; they've been out a year already, and the game, the actual game, is going to be hurt yeah. by technical issues running on old bottlenecked hardware that was old hardware before the hard consoles launched in 2013, but somehow in 2021, eight years later, we're okay with that. I am not okay with that. I mean, I, I think- want the I want the best experience for Halo, and I'm right. going to have it because I invested in my hobby. I think the last point I'll make is like when we're talking about like Fable or whatever, like I'm thinking of it, of it as a PlayStation fan. Again, I'm I am kind of born again in this idea of like, yeah, you know, you know what? Yeah, the whole like the you know, generation, you know, lock locking behind generations. Yeah, I, I get it. I think it has to be a case by case thing where like you know, for example, when you take a look at the PlayStation 5 lineup, some games will be solely a PlayStation 5 game. Some games will be a cross-gen of both. Uh, some of them, because they're using or utilizing that next-gen tech is the reason why it can't be played on. And the other reason is because some of those franchises are too big to take the loss on. And uh, so when I take a look at games like Returnal, games like Ratchet, I get it. Those are PlayStation 5 exclusives. But then I also understand, like, for for Horizon Zero Dawn, yes, there are there are those folks out there where you you, you do have to also realize you you still have this install base that you have to at least attempt to kind of respect and wean them off that that console, but not but not make it so that you're pulling the rug from under them, right? So like the the reason for you, you know being a fan of that Xbox ecosystem or feel like your, your, your dollar is being valued is let's just say you don't have 500 bucks to go, sp- you know, spend on a console because console market different than PC. So you take a look at that. You're like, I don't have it right now, but I'm taking a look at fable. That's looking great. So maybe, maybe fables, the game that I pull the trigger on, you have to wean them off and it has to feel natural to the consumer or else they're going to feel gypped off. And there's this very, delicate balance between the two that you have to pull off. Mm-hmm. So again, like I, I I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I understand where you guys are coming from because I don't want the stories of like, well, this is, this is an Xbox one game. Uh, but at the same exact time, I am thinking about that Xbox one customer. 
you know. Um, but I, I, I just and, think that with the first party games, uh, regardless of, uh, and Nintendo's the exception to the rule here. They're, they're the ones that get one to one ratios. Like Breath of the Wild is literally in everyone's household, sometimes twice. Uh, so it, I, that they're they're a removal from the conversation. But when you look at something like perfect example playstation their, their best-selling game is spider-man there, there's no doubt no doubts about it but they're upwards of 112 114 million consoles they sold 20 million copies yes. so they're still you know only a fourth of the uh, of the populace that bought this game that could be said for halo as well so if you're saying that 50 million like like let's like let's just like let's let's take that so there's 20 million people. How many of them? Like, there's 20 million people, 20 million fans, 20 million consumers, whatever the case may be. And you're telling them, like, and let's just say it's the same for for Halo because it was their biggest IP, right? And you're just you're saying to those 20 million, all right, uh, we said it was on Xbox One. Uh, it's not anymore. So uh, well, they have they have just, to just explain. To, just to add in, I think that that is also a very very important example. Like I agree with you, Boom, and you, Archimedes, uh, as far as the line goes. Of there will come a point, a critical moment where you know they will not be able to put these newer Xbox you know games on the old hardware. And, and I agree with that 100%. But, you know, uh, Archimedes mentioned Fable. I don't think Fable has actually even been said what consoles it's going to be played on, but Halo has. And they said the Xbox One consoles and the series consoles. Well, you know, things can pull change, back though. From that, pull yeah. back from that, and you just lie to your consumers. You, no, you just didn't lie. You, you come out consumers. and you explain why exactly. this has to be. You, you, they said they the Halo will launch this November with, along with the console on Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Now they said, okay, we can we cannot make it, uh, publish it this year. We have to move it ne to next year. People, people, so really this is it's also not a lie. It's, it's a change of things. Things happen, and um, and 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 you could also tell. Okay, listen, guys, the game won't be able to run on the old consoles in a way that we feel that you deliver the Halo experience we envision for the game. But you have those options. You can stream it to your smart TV. Probably your Xbox One console will have an xCloud app. I mean, if they put this, put that xCloud app on the on a Samsung TV, you will have it on the Xbox One. Um, you can can stream it to your PC, or you can buy the cheapest console ever, the Series S or your Series X. You have the option. I think in the end, um, eventually everyone will have to make the move. You do it with your phones as well. Nobody complains that he has to buy every two years or every three years a new phone simply because your apps won't run anymore. Um, and, and but that's same, a gradual thing. Right, like that's something that is gradual. I don't yeah, even think phones are 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 one to one on that. Like, I I definitely think there has to be a gradual thing, and not just like, well, we said it, and <laughs> well, things happen. Well, like, I mean, obviously, when they started talking about Halo Infinite, it was it was what last year, right? So now yeah, they, you're talking they, I think they showed it off twenty eighteen. Yep. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Like there. The, there's a presumption so that this a three, you're talking about when it finally releases a three-year gap from yeah. uh, from initial we're showing you what the game is going to potentially look like to the game releasing. Well, that that mm -hmm. that that overextends past the one to two years we're going to support this console. 
Right. I, again, listen, folks. I, I don't. We want had a to good talk. We, we, we. I, listen, we, we could probably go another hour on this yeah. subject, and I don't think we are going to agree. I think that it's fifty percent for keeping it on the old consoles, fifty percent keeping it on the new consoles. And you know something? That's perfectly fine. I do want to move on to the next topic, but I do have to catch up on some of these outrageous Super Chats that have come in. The first one of the day comes to us from a very good friend of the show. Joshua drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat and says, Mr. Bad Bit, you should try playing on GeForce now. It runs very well. He's talking about Cyberpunk. Um, uh, well, if they give me my refund, we're going to be getting into that tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what has transpired with uh CD Project Red, their apology letter, their assumptions yeah. that they that you can get a refund, and how Sony is personally handling it, uh, as well as, of course, the leaks from Capcom, which has unveiled some really incredible titles coming in the next four years. Uh, but continuing with the Super Chats, CMBR drops a very generous $5 Super Chat and says, love the shows, boom. Here's a couple of bucks to the prize pot. Well, thank you for your generosity, brother, and I'm glad you are enjoying the program. Scrub Nurse, a very generous friend of the show, he drops not one, but two Super Chats. The first one is $10 and says, after playing Cyberpunk 2077 on the Xbox One X and seeing and hearing problems, 343 needs to go all in on next-gen consoles. The game has already been delayed, and Microsoft needs to put their best foot forward. I don't think I think that not only does he agree with me in Archimedes, which is why I even want to support this uh, comment even more, but it just makes more sense than anyone has been making because it is right. You want to put your best foot forward, and I don't think you can do that on a new game that was delayed because of technical issues. I don't know consoles, but again, we're not going to go back into that. Uh, Scrub Nurse drops another outstanding $5 super chat and says, worst case scenario, put the story next gen and multiplayer cross gen. Microsoft cannot let this franchise have the same problems as CD project as Cyberpunk 2077. Indeed, that's a great point. We have Artemis drops a vow. Artemis, thank you so much. He drops. An outstanding $10 Super Chat says, Halo was designed for the old hardware in mind. And after seeing what the Coalition did with Gears 5, where the game was able to take advantage of next-gen features and work great on the OG Xbox. I mean, again, that's a, a strong, strong point. I really can't argue that. Uh, Mark Cardwell drops a very generous $5 Super Chat. Mark, thanks for showing up. He says, hi, guys. Just my opinion. Bye, when the mainline shooters started catering to uh, level design to esports, the game started to suck for the rest of us. Yeah, I, I I think that that's the difference between Halo because there is a there is um a dedicated online versus the single player. So I think that the esports situation is not going to uh, be an issue at least for that particular game. Eagles fan seventy six, another generous friend of the show. He drops. An outstanding $5 Super Chat says, for the Xbox One, you might have some games on the Series X server blade on xCloud might be the solution when the upgrade for xCloud comes. Yeah, that, that, Again, that I think that changes the entire conversation. I just don't think you're going to get some of the – you're definitely not getting the hardware-based ray tracing and the VRS and all the bells and whistles 
with the new hardware versus xCloud. Uh, Texas, East Texas Alex drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, to me, dropping support for last gen would mean Xbox is giving up on the old hardware. Happy holidays and hit that like button, everyone. And again, you're right. See, there, there's, an, a, there's a fan that would be disappointed, Zemi. So someone for sure is listening. John B. drops a very generous um, uh, $5 super gen says, put $50 away each month until Halo games come out and you'll have enough to buy a Series X when it comes out. I mean, again, that's that's what I did. I put all my gift cards away and that's how I was able to get what I got. The X Element uh, drops the very generous $5 super gen says, hi, boom and panel. Can't. Uh, can't devs make games for Series X and S only on the local hardware and run games on old hardware through xCloud app? Again, we, we don't know. I think that is the plan. The question is, will it be ready in time? See, I, I don't know. Uh, Perfect Shotgun uh, drops an outstanding and very generous $5 super chat and says, Boom, it's funny you mentioned Miles Morales, and that has no problem as a cross-gen title. That just proves comes down to optimization. Yeah, but it, it's a much different game. And Miles Morales is running on the same engine as Spider-Man from 2018. I think there's a there's a there's a, a, a stark difference between Halo Infinite, an open world Halo, versus Miles Morales. But again, what we will see. I Boom, do you got one. you got one more from Dream Eater. Oh, okay. Let me see that. Oh, Dream Eater. Here you are. Oh, no, I, I didn't see that one. Let me see. Where is it? Did it's I miss right it? Above perfect oh, right. I, yep. well, I did miss it. Uh, Dream Eater. Sorry about that, brother. He drops an outstanding $5,000. Thanks for keeping up with the shows. Love hearing the opinions and banter between everyone. Hive Busters looks insane. It, it does look and it runs fantastic. But I do want to move on. To topic number two, and it is about Hive Buster, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I wanted to get everyone's opinion on what they thought of the DLC that is currently free. It's currently free, folks, for anyone who has Xbox Game Pass, and it is a beefy uh, DLC. I mean, we've seen DLCs, uh, uh, DLC um, come to Gears before in earlier titles, though this is the first single-player DLC for Gears 5. Uh, it does not continue the story um, past the ending of Gears 5. I, I believe it is happening uh, and running uh, parallel to what is currently going on. Uh, there are some incredible graphics on display it is what you would expect in the gears there is lots of cover fire there is chainsawing uh, but some of the new additions have been these um these uh these supers if you will that each character gets that you can do uh there are abilities uh, one of which the main character that is bald but somehow has hair running the back of his head with a beard. Very odd uh, choice of hair growth. But listen, it is the end of the world. <laughs> who, 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 who am I to talk? He has um, um, an ability that you hit the Y button when it charges. And uh, anyone that's standing in the circle is uh, getting extra rounds. So you're not scrounging around for rounds. It's pretty interesting. One of the other characters, I think that... Uh, so, uh, Archimedes is talking about that has a Scottish accent that everyone's complaining about, has a shield that he's able to shoot through and block incoming fire, which is pretty interesting. I'm only around... 
two hours into it. Um, I know that some people have finished it. I'm I'm just been, you know, I've just been real busy trying to push put, you know, put these shows together, get ready for the holidays, and of course, still play games. So I'm only two hours into it. Archimedes, how much of this uh, of the DLC have you played? Um, probably the same like you, about two hours of it. Um and I'm absolutely loving it. Like you said, those new mechanics, um, those supers are, are a great addition to, to the Gears franchise. I really hope that they carry that over in Gear 6 and make it even more um, customizable. Uh, um, because they, they could bring in some RPG, light RPG elements with that. And it works fine in the, in the new DLC. It looks gorgeous. It runs fantastic. The humor is great. The characters are good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I touched on earlier a little bit before, uh, um, I'm so surprised that they stealth dropped it. It's not really advertised by Microsoft. Yeah, They just put it up in a, in a tweet. Uh, it's out and it's free for everyone. And man, that game could easily um, uh, run as a standalone um, DLC for 20 bucks or something. Yes. Um, yeah, well, that's exactly what it costs. If you want to buy it, it's $20. Yeah, exactly, and it would would absolutely work as a standalone um, um, game. Uh, and and I'm I'm not sure if they uh, why they didn't launch it one month earlier along with the Xbox. It would have been a, such a great showcase, really kind of like the Miles Morales, which is not a a full blown Spider Man game. It's a great um, 15 hours experience, um, which for an open world game really short. Yeah. Um, and here um, you could could have it for twenty bucks or something, but you would have had this this showcase for the new console because it really is a showcase. It, it is the coalition, yeah, the coalition have shown they are masters again. Yeah, for the Unreal Engine. Um, yeah, that's my my big surprise um, that they didn't do that and that they do not really advertise it. I've I've not not seen anything except that one post that it's out. I'm so surprised because it is really really good. Uh, well, I mean, look, I, I'll say this, um, gears, th th this proves, and like I said, I've been posting video like crazy that it is just more than just another gears game. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. think that when people say <laughs> that they really just diminish the hard work that goes into making these games. Listen, if gears is not your bag, well, I'm not here to argue that. I mean, listen, not, it, the, the game is a third-person bro, dude-bro shooter that has, uh, that's been very long in the tooth. But you can say that about a lot of franchises that just keep adding different things. Now, Gears 5 was much different than any Gears before it. Uh, Gears, the DLC, the Hive Buster DLC, is adding things that are different, that are, are, that are, are specifically, I, I, I would even dare say, test projects of what they may or may not bring into gear six and if, if these abilities are one of the test things i say yes you should do that because i think that is yes does it bring an arcade element to the game and maybe maybe some people will be like well boom it kind of pulls me out of the story so i don't know hey listen i mean games have to change games have to evolve uh, I'm glad that this the, this DLC is available. I think that if you are uh, a Game Pass subscriber, this is another reason to keep that subscription going because DLC that would normally cost you twenty bucks and well worth the twenty bucks. From my personal experience so far, 
is worth its weight in gold. Uh, Zemi Games, I know that you have been playing <clears throat> so much cyberpunk. Uh, have yeah. you had a chance to at least start the Hive Buster DLC? You know, boom, I just don't think you understand how big into cyberpunk I am. I didn't even know that this Hive Buster thing even existed until See, I read and this the, is uh, an Xbox fan, so you're right, Archimedes. <laughs> it was it was stealth drop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had no idea that this even existed, but um, I, I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, it. Now, whenever now there was the Hive Buster game mode, is it like that, or is it just like like just like an extension to like the campaign in a way? No, it's it's, it's, it's a standalone st story. Yeah, it's, um, it's literally yeah. a standalone story with okay. new characters, a new environment, a whole the, new area. The characters are from the Hive multiplayer. Uh, yes. Called, okay. That's why it's called Hive Busters. Yeah. Got you. It's yes, elaborating you... on their stories and what they do. Okay. So that's so, why so... I'm so excited because I fucking loved that. <laughs> so I, <loved> this. <laughs> I, I really I love that portion of Gears. <laughs> I wasn't the biggest fan of the Hive Buster game mode, but mm. I really have always loved Gears of War's story mode and the way that they tell narratives. I really, really love that um so so this is definitely something i'm gonna have to find time to jump into um i i probably won't be able to jump into it until probably next year uh because cyberpunk is uh is my new best friend um but just kind of just i mean i i have you know experienced what you know uh the coalition has done with gears of war so you know gears of war 5 so far and it's just been phenomenal and i have no doubt that you know, any DLC that they put out is definitely going to add even more value to the game. And I mean, just what they have been able to do. I mean, there's some things in Gears 5 that I don't really agree with or I thought they could have done better. But but ultimately, there's nothing, you know, that that stands out to me about Gears 5, uh, any aspect of the game, multiplayer, whatever, that is just bad. Right. And mm -hmm. and that's just one thing that I think co the coalition does great is, is they really honor the Gears of War uh, franchise and they always do a very, very good job with it. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm now I'm excited to play it. <laughs> yeah. So, let's, Joe, let's go to you, brother. H have you had a yeah. chance to play it? I, I, is it something that you would be interested in playing? Let's just ask that question. There you go. I'm I'm going to be playing it tonight. I was planning on playing it this morning before the show. So I would have some thoughts. But the snow was way worse than I thought it was going to be around here. So uh, so I had to deal with that. And then I hurt my foot. It was real bad. But um, I plan to tonight because I love Gears. Like, uh, I was going to try to get my Lancer out of the closet. But again, my, I hurt my foot. I can't do it. So uh, I, I, I have so much love for that franchise. And to me, it's one that always gets overlooked. I I feel like I know why. And it hurts me if I say it out loud. So I won't. I love that game uh, so much. And I think Gears 5 is, honestly, um, with some story modes taken away, it's one of my favorite Gears. Um, and so to see Hive Busters come out in, in the trailer, I just love. I love the Scottish guy. Because like when they're about to take get, get uh, taken by the Lurkers, he's just like... <laughs> He's like double, yeah. double middle fingers out. It's awesome. It looks like it's got a lot of attitude, which I really dig. And it looks like honestly, boom! I've been, I've been living vicarious, vicariously through you and Luke, who suck. Not you, just Luke. You suck. And uh, and like seeing your peck, like when you're shooting the the swarm thing, I was like, oh my god, this looks so fucking cool and then like to see the jungle look it's going for because the way luke describes it is you're on it, it seems like at least in the beginning half you're like you're on these like islands these yes. like tropical islands um i cannot wait to see 
how this game looks. Now, just give me a Gears of War that's about the Pendulum Wars, please. Well, look, uh, again, we, we, not the biggest topic of the day. I certainly um, wanted to get everyone's uh, feeling on it. Uh, obviously, again, it's one of those 50-50 kind of things. Both Zemi and uh, and uh, Mr. Bad Pit on the same team once again. I think a trend is building where it's me and Archimedes <laughs> on an island. We're, we're becoming the bestest of friends, me and Joe. I, I, I kind of see this is going on. Oh. This, this might be a, 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 a romance a, in the making. Yeah, I, I don't know, but well, well, what he did say, say is, some things about cyberpunk that really kind of hurt me a little bit er, earlier in the show. Cyberpunk <laughs> hurt me, man. I want to love it so much. Well, I'm going to bring out the break out the dolls, and I want you to tell me exactly where cyberpunk touched you, and we will make sure that they pay <laughs> uh, indubitably. Uh, I do want to move on to the next topic, and this one is uh this one is is very interesting. If you are someone that potentially enjoyed the incredible storytelling and graphical prowess that we saw in a game called A Plague Tale. Uh, and uh, it is, we're going to be talking about Asobo Studios. Mm. Uh, now, apparently, uh, rumors have been suggested and even printed on paper that they are working on multiple projects, one of which is assumed to be A Plague Tale uh, 2 which would make sense to continue that story. Uh, will it be with other characters? Will it be with the same characters? We don't know, but it's safe to assume that that game, uh, which was both critically successful, uh, but also commercially successful and is in Game Pass. Uh, if it's a game that you missed um, and you are a gamer who looks over the cross defense and says, wow, Sony really has those third-person, story-driven, over-the-shoulder, adult-themed type of games, and I really want to play that on my Xbox. Well, folks, this is the game for you. Uh, it's funny because I, I think back, I think back to uh, a, a, a couple of, uh, I want to say maybe it's early 2019, Zemi Games, very good mm -hmm. uh, friend of mine. He, he reaches out to me and says, boom, I got a couple of extra codes, and I want to give one away, but I want to give one to you because you're my friend. And he says, which one do you want? A Sniper Elite 3 Remake HD whatever or a Plague's Tale? And what did Boom the Boob take? Well, he oh. took – yeah, Boom Boom mm. took Sniper Elite. Yeah. And then a couple of – a week later, I hear this, this, this rigmarole about this – a Plague's Tale. And I look at it and I'm like – Oh, that's what I passed up on. Oh, <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, what a boob. So um, <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, it was one of my top games from last year. It is a, it is, it is a masterpiece. But yeah. in the article that I pulled from WCCF Tech, one of my favorite places to get gaming scoops and news from, the Bordeaux-based development team known as Asobo Studios has already signed up for two upcoming projects with the same publishers. One of those publishers is Focus Home Entertainment, and they're talking about a possible sequel to A Plague Tale Innocence. The other one, though, is with Microsoft. Now, to be clear, this is separate from the ongoing multi-year support for Microsoft Flight Simulator that they are currently working on. The news was shared in an interview with the studio executives published recently on Bordeaux's newspaper, La Tribune. Um, now, again, there isn't a lot to this story, 
but we do know that they are working on a secret project for Microsoft. The question is, what in fact could that secret project be? Because look, we know that they have development chops. Again, I want to highly suggest that you check out A Plague's Tale. It is it is a masterpiece. It is one that many people passed on because it didn't have a big budget for flair. And uh, again, I didn't really know much about it until Zemi could not stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. And again, once the word got out, once it jumped into Game Pass, people started playing it. People started buying it. People started writing about it and putting up, you know, you know, how-to videos and screenshots and videos of them having the rats eat people at their command, which it, it does this rat thing that is both creepy and awesome at the same time. Um, so, Zemi, I want to go to you first on this because, look, when you say Asobo Studios, which I will say immediately, if they have not already signed, on with Microsoft, and I know people from Redmond are listening. You got to get Phil on the horn. Th this is a team that needs to be signed immediately. And, and you know something? I like to equate, like, you see how Sony does things. Like, last year, the biggest sign for Sony was who? Insomniac Games. And they've worked with them exclusively. They brought out Spider Man 2018, masterpiece. Miles Morales, masterpiece and they're gonna and they're potentially working on a resistance one remake we know ratchet and clank is coming it's just it's a win all around for for sony and now we see blue point blue point studio right they've basically worked with sony almost shoulder to shoulder and they just released demon souls which to 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 joe i mean you put a five hundred thousand hours into the game it's a, it's a masterpiece. Again, I suck at it, but it's still a masterpiece. They should be with Sony. And I like to think that um, what Sobo Studios has quietly done in their last two releases is go from one side of the planet with an over-the-shoulder adult-themed type of uh, story then to release a game that's totally different in Microsoft Flight Simulator, which, by the way, we saw running at the Game Awards on the Series X. And it's two different genres. Both games look incredible. Both games are, did well and are doing well and will do better when it's out next summer. For you, Zemi, is, first of all, is this a studio that needs to be added to the already stout list of 23 first-party developers? And what do you think they're working on? Um, I guess to answer the first question, if Asoba wants to be acquired, then I say absolutely, Microsoft, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, DM them something, you know, like slide <laughs> to their DMs, get them interested. I don't Do know. You like me? Yes. No. <laughs> send, send, uh, send a note underneath the table. You, yeah, why for yes and for no. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, check, check, yes. Check, no. Yeah. I mean, something, right? Um, I mean, that's if they want to get acquired. Because, you know, a lot of the times we're talking about these studios like, oh, Microsoft should get them. And we don't even have any idea if the studio even wants to be acquired. Right. Um, but of course, if they did, then absolutely. Microsoft would be a little, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs if they didn't. Um, and and I am absolutely excited about, you know, uh, A Plague Tale 2. That was my game of the year for 2019. I That is a game that, that you're going to drop everything else. That's a drop everything else game just for that. Um, 
But as far as, you know, what they could be working on for Microsoft, I mean, really, it could be anything, right? They, they've shown us that they are extremely, extremely talented uh, with, you know, a mature adult-driven, you know, third-person PlayStation-like game with a Plague Tale. And they've shown us that they are able to make something so massive and brilliant as Flight Simulator. Uh, so, you know, they, they definitely have the chops to to go out and do new things. Um, so, it, I mean, it could absolutely be really anything. For me personally, I really hope that it is a mature adult-driven, like, PlayStation-like game. Um, because I know I can play those on PlayStation, but it's just really nice to be able to get that experience on my Xbox and unlock achievements and have fun, you know, on, on, on the Xbox with those types of games as well. But if I was going to put money on the table and call a bet... Of, of, of what they are doing, I would say that they are creating the next Quantum Break game. Um, they, you know, they, they did work previously on the first Quantum Break. Uh, this is a genre that matches their skill sets perfectly. You know, A Plague Tale is a great example of that. Um, you know, there, there are still plenty of people that would love to see a second Quantum Break, myself definitely included in that. And Microsoft does own this IP. And I don't know if uh, it's similar to the whole Alan Wake thing, um, but, you know, it, possibly if they don't do anything with the Quantum Break IP, they may lose it to Remedy like they did with Alan Wake. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I did research and Microsoft Studios do own the IP for Quantum Break. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, I, I, I think that it just makes the most sense for all of those reasons for it to be quantum break. Um, and I, and I really hope it is. Well, I mean, look, the thing is this, uh, to, to, to your point, uh, quantum break is, and I, and I'll say this folks, it, it's a game that if you passed on it because it was running at seven, seven twenty P when it released, and you uh, a enjoy remedy told stories, or b have been have been barking that you want more mature titles that are very similar to what you find on PlayStation, and you skip this. A go boo yourself, literally get a, get someone to boo at you. And okay. then, what if yeah. you played it and you didn't like it? Then that then you didn't. Well, like. then, I mean that that's okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, we yeah. can have <laughs> different opinions. I thought you were like. I mean, I'll just lose a like, massive amount it. of respect for you, but that's okay. I lose that respect. I, 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 look, I, I, I do, I do want to say this again, yeah. not, I, and I really do mean this. Not not every game is for every gamer. We, we, yeah. we are all aware of that. Some people are going to fall in love with a game for a specific reason, while others will look at the same game through the same lens and be like, "Eh, just kind of not my bag." Uh, mm -hmm. Perfect example. Um, I thought I could find my way around enjoying the Gears Tactics game. I could not. Right. Um, right. I could not. I played maybe about 35 minutes of it. I uh, thought that the graphically, the story being told, it, it just looked beautiful. I it just, you know, the CG movies were what you would expect. Uh, it, it's just, a, I thought I could get into it and I, I just can't. Um, sure. It's just not for me. Uh, but I'm enjoying the Hive Busters DLC as much as I've enjoyed any Gears in the last X amount of years. Um, so there you go. Uh, but Quantum Break uh, is in Game Pass. Quantum Break is a game that takes advantage of your new hardware. And if, again, if you want uh, that story, uh, to, that you know, that adult-themed story, I, I think you should give it a shot. And to, to your point, Zemi, um, if Remedy isn't going to do it, my God. 
having this developer do it, having a Sobo potentially take the reins in telling their version of a quantum break, you know, could it be a reboot? Could it be, um, you know, could it be an extension of the story? Could it be a side story? We don't know. It, I mean, again, but and, it, is, it is certainly and, a good pick. Well, and like I said, a Sobo did work on the first one. They did work on the first one with Remedy. And Microsoft does own that IP. So there you go. And you know something? Why the heck not? Why not take advantage of the of, of someone that's worked with Remedy, see that what they can do in those you know PlayStation type titles and make an exclusive. And, and you know something, folks. I, I you know what let, let's get the chat involved. We have all four four hundred people here. How many people in this chat want to see a quantum break two? Uh, put a one for that, and if you're not in, the, uh, if that's your, it's not your bag, put a two. Uh, so let's let's get people involved. Our, well, Archimedes, we're gonna go to you. Uh, we're actually, you know what? We're gonna go to you next because you answered first with a a, a whopping gigantic <laughs> or ginormous one. For you, a Sobo is a studio that yeah. is quietly becoming something that a lot of people need to take an interest in. What worries me is exactly that point. Um, they are a studio that people are going to start taking a look at because of what they did with Flight Simulator, what yeah. they did with A Plague Tale, and what the, which we now know worked on Quantum Break. They have the chops, and if Microsoft doesn't you know, get in there, man, it'd be really sad if someone swapped them up and they could not make games for the Xbox platform anymore. What do you first of all? What do you think that they're working on? And more importantly, do you think that they should become a first-party studios sooner than later? Definitely, I've been saying that in my videos for a while now. Whenever the topic comes up, which which studio should be bought next by Microsoft? My first answer is Azobo. Um, adding up on that. Um, they didn't just work on, on a Blake Tale and the flight simulator and Quantum Break. They also worked on Recore. Yeah. Um, yes. That's a support yes, studio. So mm -hmm. um, I think there is a close relationship with uh, Microsoft um, as a support studio, even as a yeah as a lead studio now in in, in the flight simulator. And um, look at the technology um, that they they used in the flight simulator. It's incredible that such an independent studio can deliver and develop such a, an incredible technology. Look at the Blake's tale. Besides you are 100% right. The game is incredible um, from story and, and gameplay mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I booted it up for the first time, I thought, okay, this is an Unreal Engine game. No, it's not. They developed their own engine for that game. And look at that game. This is gorgeous. Um, an independent studio that can develop an engine on their own with such a high quality and in parallel develop the game with all its storytelling that they, there is a ton of talent there, and um, I think maybe the, one one of the sentences you said first is right. They might not want to be acquired, but if they want to be acquired, Microsoft definitely should buy them. Um, such a talented studio, so much potential there. Um, yeah, what else to say? Um, well, you know what I do want to add to your 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 fantastic point is that uh, yes, if they do have a good working relationship with uh, Microsoft, and th they seem to be that kind of a studio that fits the criteria to being uh, purchased 
by Microsoft. And again, it's it's just they have been a support studio for a lot of their games. And my goodness, would it be incredible to get an, a, a Quantum Break too? I mean, I I listen. I I I I'm a bit of a, a trophy slash achievement whore. I'd be the first one to admit it. That game, I got one thousand out of a thousand. And it, I do not regret trying to get that 1,000 out of 1,000. It was a game that I was heavily invested in. Again, I understand that maybe it didn't, it, it ran at 720p, but even at 720p, quite frankly, it looked pretty damn good. I thought and, so. And, and, and I think that if you are, again, if you miss that game, Check it out on the new hardware. It looks and runs. My God, it's 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 incredible. Joe, let's get to you next on this. Asobo Studios. Again, they seem to be that kind of a studio that fits the criteria for being purchased uh, by Microsoft. We've seen uh, studios that work closely with Sony. So Sony protecting their own brand by bringing in the Asomniacs, potentially bringing in Bluepoint, which we hear is going to happen next year. Um, do you think that Osobo Studios should be one of those teams that join Microsoft? Because it would be a big sign, in my opinion. And more importantly, what do you think they're working on? So I think, um, I forgot who said this, but we are about to enter the age of consolidation of studios in a major way. We saw it with uh, Codemasters yesterday. Oh, yeah. EA has announced that they purchased them for $1 billion. Yes. Um, we are going to see more studios being bought out, even some publishers being bought out, as mm -hmm. scary as that does seem, at least for me. Um, so this is something I expect. Asobo is a really great studio. They've worked closely with Focus Home Interactive. So the one thing that I would think if I'm a Sobo is, um, you know, I've worked, I have a relationship with Focus Home. I have a relationship with Microsoft. Um, which one has given me the more creative freedom? If I'm not mistaken, mm. they are working on, if I'm not mis mistaken, they are working on this weird, uh, like French Revolution, uh, cyberpunk-esque game for Focus Home. So I, I don't know. I would like to see them, whatever they do, I would like to see. I, Playtale was on the short list. And, um, and and when we did the Trophy Room Awards last year, they, they dominated a lot of it. So it's a really great game. People need to go out there and play it. Whatever they do, I just want that. I, I want that storytelling because I really think they did stealth really well in that game. And I really like at the end, they gave you the... Okay, you've been you've been getting beaten this whole time. Now it's time to start throwing some punches. And man, you throw some freaking punches in that game. Yeah, you do. So, yeah, yeah, you I'm, do. <laughs> I'm just happy that they're getting the the recognition that they very much deserve. And I really love when we hear stories of like these small developers that like finally get their chance. So like for me, I I don't want them to make another. Um, uh, what is it uh, Quantum Break? Because I want them to make their own story. Uh, um, they're they're capable of doing it. That's that's what I want. I want them to tell the story they want to tell. So yeah, that's it. I mean, listen, it's a good point. It's a good point, and I think that if you look at Microsoft, how they are. Uh, look, look, look. I'll say this. I, I don't know this. Hey, hey, I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm completely uh, going off the reservation with this one. But it, I think it's safe <laughs> to say that there's a there's a reason why. There's an influx of incredible talent trying to work at Microsoft. And I don't think it's just the paycheck. I, I think, sure, that could be potentially a part of it. 
but I think it's the way that they do development that might be considered different than many of the other big publishers like the EAs, like the Activisions. Now, I'm not going to bring Sony into the conversation because they, they we, we know what they do, but I'm just saying that there's a certain way that Microsoft is doing their development. You don't hear any people crying in, in, in closets and you don't hear people running to Jason yeah. Schreier to drop a, a bomb of, of, of abuse and miscommunication. So there, so, if a Sobo wants to Sorry. have uh, that kind of uh, potentially design freedom, okay. then signing with Microsoft might be the best way because we know what happens when you sign with them. The money truck backs up, and they let you do what you want to do as long as you're going to tell a good story. And we know that they can do that. So it, I'm hoping that we hear they're one of the – because, again, we do know more more signings are coming. Satya Nadal said so. And I think that what they're doing and the reason why we haven't heard anything now is because, A, it's the holidays. We're at the end of the year. The pandemic is still going on. And I think that once they get past the actual ink to paper with ZeniMax, once that deal is done, you're going to start to see there's going to be they're going to be a little bit more loose with putting out with, OK, we just signed these X amount of studios adding more because we have heard the rumors. This is unofficial that they want 30, a total of 30 before they're done. Well, they're at 23, so they have to figure yeah. out what seven is going to be added to Microsoft Game Studios if, in fact, that rumor of 30 is true. Now, I know people know, just a second, boom. You don't know. Well, when I said, and I and I backed up Clobrio, when Clobrio said 20 and 2020, people were like, nope, you're a, you're a lunatic, boom. And he's Get a crazy. lunatic, too. It's not going to happen. Well, they went three above it, so it was 23 and 20. Um, so we were right. At the end of the day, um, I do want to move on to the last topic, and this one is a bit of an interesting one. And I want to get—I want to get the feel of the room on it. Arc two um, came out of nowhere. Uh, now, Arc one, very popular survival-esque type of dinosaur game. I had yeah, the first one to admit I put maybe thirty minutes into it, and I realized that you know what, this is just not for boom, and I never played it again. Um, but what surprised a lot of people at the Game Awards was, in fact, that not only was Arc 2 shown, not only did it imply that it was a story-driven, adult-themed type of game, where it wasn't, it, again, just based on the trailer we saw, it didn't seem to insinuate that it was the same type of Arc game. It seemed like it was a story that was going to be based on Vin Diesel, who is apparently the main character. Mm. What's interesting, no, no, hold on a sec. Now, what's interesting is Vin Diesel, listen, you can make fun of the guy all you want. He is a marketing genius, mm. and he knows his craft. He's a good actor. I love him in all his action films. I, I, I watch everything that he does. What I didn't know, and, and, and I did pull this story from one of my favorite sites, is that not only did he put uh, over a thousand hours into Arc One, but he is going to be producing Arc Two, which is pretty interesting. And again, this is one of those this is one of those topics that we don't really know a lot. Uh, uh, when, but I tell you what, we do know 
We do know that it is an Xbox Series X and S exclusive. Now, the only thing that we don't have real confirmation on is whether or not this is a timed exclusive. Now, I do have a theory that if Microsoft is publishing this game, it could very well be a lockdown second party game that only releases on the pc and xbox series x and s and you know what uh, i'll say this and joe i want to go to you first on this joe because you know coming from a playstation's point of view they have one of my favorite games in the entire generation and that is aloy from horizon mm -hmm. zero dawn which we are expecting horizon forbidden west to release potentially around the march april of next year, which I cannot wait to play on my PlayStation 5. Um, but Microsoft doesn't have a title like that. Uh, yeah. And this could, again, this could potentially be that open world dinosaur-esque kind of adventure game with side quests and a main quest and a whole bunch of other things. And again, this is, we're just assuming because I don't know if this is going to be Arc 2 that's really Arc 1 with a fresh coat of paint. But yeah. again, based on the trailer, it does look more story-driven, where it's going to be focusing on his character. What are your thoughts on this? What, 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 are, your, what, what are your expectations for Arc 2? Hashtag Past to the Furious. I love that oh, tweet. That's good. I'll forever love that tweet. Past to the Furious. I do like that. That is funny. Yeah. He's a hero, that man. God damn, he's brilliant. Um, I'm going to be real. When I saw that trailer... <laughs> I saw Vin Diesel. I'm like, oh shit, man! White people have taken cultural appropriation, and they just amped it up to eleven. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to think like Vin Diesel is some Aztec looking like you know warrior? I don't know about this man. And when I saw like him fighting those barbarian dudes, I was like, maybe this is like the weird like because I know the Mortal Kombat team's working on something that's not Mortal Kombat. So like, I'm like, so maybe this is their game. And because like that would that would give me with this weird like I hate to say cheesy but like yeah cheesy nineties like thing they got going on maybe I don't know uh, and then like when I saw him going into that cave and we saw the futuristic tech I was like oh please pray to God this is not Horizon you know two <laughs> like this is the second character oh God please oh don't. you know it's funny you th it's funny you say that because I actually yeah. wait a second is this some sort of a Horizon thing that maybe exactly. Diesel's in. <laughs> So when I when I saw this arc two, I was like, "Oh, it's cool. Like this is not a game for me. Like or, or that game wasn't a game for me." Um, I don't know how I feel about that studio because I know they've done incredibly shady things, not just to the community at large, but to their own workforce. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know. Yeah. That. So I like I, I forget what it was because it was a few years back. I think even prior to the fallout 76 stuff so like i look at that going okay i i know this this the 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 management at this studio has been prone to doing some some shady stuff so i don't know how excited i can be i would need to talk to someone like 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 dizzy about it who who would be in the know to kind of put me at ease with them but um for me, like, cool. I think you're right. I think, like, Microsoft needs that or, or wants that Horizon game. They, they've talked about wanting a game like Horizon. So maybe this is where they think they find their in with. And maybe this is a more single-player-focused game. But just, just knowing how and understanding 
how that community has 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 been with Ark um, has me skeptical on it. And like Vin Diesel, look, I, he's an actor. <laughs> he does very actorish things. <laughs> but here's the thing that not a lot of people know about Vin Diesel is that he is a big nerd. Like he he loves D and D. Like that's his thing. World yeah. of Warcraft his jam so like if the man's passionate about it then that's cool that he wants to be a part of it at the same exact time as as creative as he is and apparently he made a song he has he's an artist um how much of a of an influence does he have maybe if it's like towards his acting wise or whatever fine but like if he's playing a producer role, how far does that really go? Yeah, no, it, 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 may I jump in here? Because yeah. um, I was yesterday on a podcast and I learned something and I Googled it today because I didn't believe it. But Vin Diesel is no stranger to video game development. He has been really? doing it for years. He actually bought no, a studio or founded a studio and he made a fantastic game. If you remember the uh, original um, uh, Riddick game on on the Xbox, oh yeah, yeah, he was that was his studio, and he was uh, involved huh. in that development. He did do uh, so. He's no stranger to get <laughs> game cool, development. All right. All right, cool. Given the, that's cool. That is that's so, um, you, know, you really can be anything in America. You absolutely you really can. can. Yeah, yeah. Really can. I mean, a lot of actors that try to be singers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy uh, loves video games and loves uh, to develop it. His first game was um, called, I, I didn't know that game, but it is. it was called Escape from Butcher Bay. Yes. That's, yeah. Dude, that's so good. Oh that my was God. his first oh, wow. game. Yeah, that's and then so he uh, cool. did the Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. Yeah, both good names. Yeah. Honestly, if I had that type of like fu money, I'd be doing the same same shit with him. Be like, I just want to make a game. Someone smarter than me put put like this is what <laughs> I want. Make my vision a reality. Thank you. You know. Yeah. So yeah, he's no stranger. That's so interesting. I did not know that. That is me neither. I I, I learned that yesterday <laughs> evening, and it is it is so funny, and I I love it actually. Yeah, that he. Um, that he is so passionate and apparently, like you said, he played a thousand hours of, of ARC. Um, so if it's a game that he's passionate about, um, why not? Um, and I mean, what I loved about the announcement is um, that it will get apparently a campaign. Yeah. Mm. So mm. that's uh, something I'm really looking there's, forward there's to. There's also an anime coming out right alongside of it, which is pretty uh, interesting in the voice and acting. The and, and, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like you got Russell Crowe in there? Like, yeah. What the mm -hmm. fuck is yeah, so I mean, again, it looks like it could potentially be something big. Now, real quick, before I get to Archimedes and get your opinion on what you saw, Gotham Guy, very good friend of the show, personal friend of mine. We got a chance to meet at E3 2019. Gotham Guy, what's going on, my brother? He drops an outstanding 10,000 gems. Says a Quantum Break sequel would be fine, but why they haven't started on Alan Wake 2 is beyond me. Oh, my God. They need an Alan Wake 2. Yes, they do. Uh, it has become a cult favorite over the years, and I don't understand why they're sitting on it. That is a great question, dude. And well, you know that, that's, that's all up to Remedy, because Alan Wake, if I'm not mistaken, reverted owned by them to Remedy. So, and yes. Remedy has really nothing, I guess, solidly to do with Microsoft anymore. So, that is all Remedy. That has nothing to yeah, do with Xbox. You'll probably actually see Alan Wake 2, but it'll be multi-plat because they actually bought the rights yes. from Microsoft last they did. year. Yeah. yeah, they did last year. Early last year, as a matter of fact. Kirby, Zero, Louise, good friend and generous friend of the show. He drops 
an outstanding five dollars super chat says arc 2 is 100 a timed exclusive read the xbox wire article on it it says right in the title console launch exclusive now you know what again i did read that and i actually have it in my notes the the issue the reason why i'm not locking it into it being a multiplat is because that those that word means a lot of things mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's a, a console launch exclusive for the series X and S and that it's coming out to PC afterwards, or is this something that's going to be multi-plat again? It's, 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 I really don't like the wording. I wish it would be like, it's an exclusive and that's the end of the story or right. it's not, it's multi-plat, but we, we have it for a year. Just, just be, be, be honest, but whatever we'll, we'll know, but thank you for the super chat dude. Thanks so much for always being here. Archimedes, what 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 were your takeaways from the trailer? D- did the game interest you in what was shown? Um, yes, I I, I mean the, I'm a little torn um, because I I know the first one was a huge success. Tons of people played it. Yeah, um, I did not like it, but yeah, it wasn't for me. Um, I but to be fair. I didn't really play it in its full release. Um, you know, it launched in this uh, early access. Um, yes, that, that's thing. actually where I played it too. It's funny you say. Yeah, that. me too. So I never gave the g- game a fair chance in in its released state. Um, so shame on me there. But what I really liked is uh, to hear that it, it's getting a full fledged campaign. The graphics looked insane, and boom! Um, just somebody mentioned it in chat, and um, I just really briefly looked it up. Aaron Greenberg tweeted about it being exclusive. I'm, he I'm did. Really, yes, he let did. Me, let me quote his tweet here real quickly. We are excited to be working with the studio uh, Wildcard team on bringing Arc 2 starring Vin Diesel exclusively to the Xbox Series XS consoles. That was well, his tweet. There you go. So, yeah. I mean, um, listen, Arc is huge. Um, it started as a small game in early access on Steam, it, but it became a huge game. Uh, tons of people played it, and for Microsoft getting that thing exclusively for the for the uh, Xbox is is huge. Um, it, it had millions of, of players. Um, it is well known across um, the the the. Um, the, the gamer uh, across the gaming industry, um, having it now with such a popular face um, like Vin Diesel as, as, um, is, is, I think, a huge deal. And um, we've been saying it for a while, Microsoft should acquire these um, exclusive second-party uh, deals, and this is a big one. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And you know something, again, I'm going to be playing Horizon Zero Dawn when, or, or Horizon Forbidden West when it comes out on PlayStation 5. Though a lot of people who are Xbox exclusive uh, folks may want to play a game similar. And I like Vin Diesel. I, I think that uh, he does bring passion to the roles that he takes. I, I think that if, 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 if he, like you said, uh, Archimedes, if he enjoys the game and he's a big fan of it, to have his involvement and potentially, obviously, he's going to star in it means that he's not going to release a piece of crap. And I think that as an exclusive for Microsoft, I'm not saying it's going to rival um, Horizon Forbidden West. I'm not looking for it to do that, but it's going to bring that type of game, you know, to the Xbox players. I think it's I think it's great around. Well, to be honest with you, um, 
uh, Jesse Darby, good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding two dollars super chances. Have you ever watched an the anime Heavy Metal? It's actually one of Mrs. Boomstick's favorites. She absolutely adores that film, and yes, I've seen it multiple times. But Zemi Games, let's get your opinion on this before yes. we get anyone out of here. Listen, I know that we can't pull you from cyberpunk. I know mm -hmm. that that is your life, and that's fine. But for the for the question of the day. Did that trailer do anything for you for potentially ARC being an exclusive Horizon Zero Dawn type of game for the Xbox Series X and S coming out in 2022? Yeah, so we don't. Whenever I was first looking at that trailer, I was like, "What the heck is this?" And then finally, <laughs> it showed the the person's uh, forearm or like 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 wrist area, and I saw you know that little diamond uh, gem. Uh, looking thing like glowing thing like on like the wrist and automatically i was like that is arc that has to be arc and i am i'm i'm a pretty big arc fan i i don't play as much as i want to play those types of games another game um that uh affecto studios i i believe that's the the right people uh another game that they made was atlas and i absolutely loved atlas as well it was kind of like arc survival evolved just with like pirates and you know uh like uh ships that you could build it was really really cool love those types of games um I don't play them as much because they are just time sponges uh, because people can attack your bases. And oh man, the games are really good though. Um, but whenever I looked at this, I got the same vibes as you did of it being a very narrative, you know, kind of yeah. story driven game. And I don't know how to feel about that. Um, I, I'm excited because I like story, but at the same time, that was just a CGI trailer. It didn't really show me anything, you know, of, of, of the gameplay. Is it going to be first person? Is it going to be third person? We really just got a CGI trailer. So a lot is still relatively unknown about this game. And so it's kind of hard to, to really bring out any feelings about it. Um, but I, I am a fan of arc. I am a fan of stories. Um, and, and so it, it definitely has got my interest. Um, the only thing I don't like about this, and th this doesn't have to do anything about the game at all, but I just, you know, you know, you know me, um, I don't like the idea of taking a franchise that is, that was previously available on other platforms and making it an exclusive, um, arc survival evolved is a, a game that, you know, plenty of people on PlayStation have played and I just kind of don't like the idea that, that they could potentially not be able to play this if this isn't timed exclusive. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, we're always going to be at odds with that. I, yeah. I think that it's called business. I think Sony does it very well. Uh, it's the reason why they sold 112 million uh, consoles. Uh, sometimes you got to spend the bucks and you got to get people to come play on your console. And if yeah. that means locking a game, which again, this is a new game. This also is a much different game potentially than Arc One. This is this is a story driven sure. event potentially that is not going to that is going to uh, live in the world of Arc, but not necessarily run side by side with what is going on with Arc. So I, again, it's just one of those things that this could have been a title yep. that they wanted to put out. They just could not officially fund the title that they wanted to put out. And Microsoft stepped in and said, yeah, we like what you're doing here, but the deal is we will publish it, but it's going to be an exclusive on our brand moving yeah. forward. And oh, by the way, Zemi, uh, mm -hmm. according to the article, apparently the um, footage that was uh, taken at, or we saw at the TGAs was captured in engine and so and showcase some of the features you can expect to see within the game.
Okay, that is actually really awesome. Another point I wanted to touch on is whenever I, you know, was playing uh, Ark Survival Evolved, um, you know, the, like there's really not a strong story in that game. I mean, there kind of is in the background, like certain things that you can do. Uh, but really, ultimately, they're really, you know, that that game is really just, you know, going around taming animals, building bases, destroying other people's bases, raiding and stuff like that. Just like your typical kind of like rust um, kind of gameplay. Uh, just survival gameplay. Um, and, and it's going to be really interesting to see what, you know, type of story we can see, um, you know, out of this universe, because my, you know, I, I don't know if arc, you know, spans from books or there's some other, you know, portion of media that arc is a thing, but my very first, you know, introduction to, to arc was, was, you know, just the, the, the survival game. So I think it's going to be really interesting to, to get finally get a really solid story out uh, of this franchise. Well, it's going to be interesting to say the least. And I actually can't wait to look forward uh, to see what, the, what, what they do with it. Again, we don't, again, we, this is complete. This is one of those speculatory kind of mm -hmm. conversations that we only can go based on what they showed us. And what I took away, and I think you've already uh, alluded to is that it's, it seemed as if they were telling a story about Vin Diesel's character, and that should, and, and it could, I guess, articulate its way into being a single player because we know it's going to be a, a, a it's going to have a single player campaign. We don't know what the multiplayer is going to look like, but the single player campaign is going to be story driven, which is about his character. I think that the graphics look amazing. I was very interested in it. Uh, it's arc one, not for me, but this one definitely seems up my alley. But I do want to close out the show. Uh, we've been here over two hours. This has been great. Um, I, I think we we not only we were able to get in every topic, which is always awesome, especially when you try and write up these shows. But we did get the bonus of what we're playing, and I do like a kind of you know bringing the. The, the chat involved and 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 uh, and letting people know what we you know outside of podcasting what we're actually playing so that was really good so let's get everyone out of here and again I just want to remind everyone tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time the Breakfast with Boom Holiday Special will be live where if again you are one of a supporter for the channel you could walk away with a significant prizes and those prizes include two. $100 gift cards to your choice, two $50 gift cards to your choice, four $25 gift cards, and I'm going to be adding an additional two for a six, a total of six $25 gift cards uh, for uh, the people that support Double Barrel Gaming, and they do that through Super Chats, they do that through channel membership, and they do that through Patreon. If you are one of those fine folks, you have a shot to win one of those prizes, and all you got to do is be there tomorrow, and you know what? Hopefully, we're going to have a good show. We're going to be talking about Cyberpunk uh, and the shortcomings of that studio, as well as the huge Capcom leaks, but we're going to open the show with some personal business. We're going to be talking about our favorite Christmas memories from when we were kids, and I think people like to know about that. I mean, outside of the personalities that we are here, people want to hear about when you opened up that G. I Joe, what you know? When was it? How did you feel about this? We're going to be getting a little bit into that. Yeah. So, was that just just a little, just a little, just a little taste? I have the best Christmas story. It's drama. It has some highs. It has some lows. And 
it will ultimately, my mom is the best mom ever. Everybody's like, oh, I got the best mom. She's great. Whatever. <laughs> no, nah, bullshit. My I, mom. I, I cannot wait to hear ass. that. Thank you. So, well, that's going to be a great show tomorrow. Zemi Games, mm-hmm. let's get to, I'll start with you, brother. You are the cog that keeps this show running. Tell everyone where they can reach out to the constant gamer. Check out your work on YouTube, but also check out the constant gamer website. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys don't know, uh, the last time I was on this show, which was like two weeks ago, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned this. Um, so I'll just go ahead and mention it now, just in case anyone missed it the first time. I did transition the my you know uh, brand from Zimmy Games on YouTube and other places uh, to Constant Gamer. So it's now called Constant Gamer. Um, and you guys can go and check out our website. It's called constantgamer.com um, for a bunch of uh, news articles, features, game reviews, all sorts of things. New stuff or, you know, is going to be coming to the website as well. And then also on that website, up in the top right-hand corner, you can find links to all of the different social media channels that we use. Uh, so if you want to go follow us on Twitter, uh, we do give a few things away. We just recently gave away a copy of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, so definitely follow us on Twitter so you don't miss out on any you know information that we're doing or giveaways. And then of course you can uh, try, you know get a link directly to our YouTube channel as well called Constant Gamer, um, where we upload uh, game reviews, gaming news, uh, game uh, 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 tutorial videos, like how to you know fix your Xbox if something's broke or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, is just constant gamer. Uh, you guys can also still follow me uh, on uh, Twitch.tv just by using Zimmy Games. Uh, and I don't know when it's going to be, but there's me and Boom. We're definitely going to have to jump <laughs> back in to. Uh, a little hope uh so i can be terrified and go and hide underneath my bed and boom can you know drag me out from underneath my bed and say no you're gonna play well listen uh, we will yeah we we will eventually uh and uh definitely uh finish that uh we we did the first one we got to do the second one the third one will be out early next year so we're definitely going to be doing that uh but joe why don't you tell everyone about your outstanding and growing channel uh first of all the trophy room is my personal favorite playstation show right next to and it hasn't surpassed yet but it's right next to greg miller's kind of funny so i second that i second that we do like greg miller we do we do like that crew over I'll there fight him in the streets uh, so I, I know well don't fight him why don't you invite him on why don't you, I don't know, he's a nice man you know he's always he's, busy he's, he's, he's a very busy man he's a very busy man but he's also uh inspiration to many uh oh there you go <laughs> I got I got the Destiny uh, mask. Oh, Let me nice. tell you, dude, this is the best mask that I've owned. There's like this cool little nose guard. I just want everybody to know if you're a Destiny fan, go get that. It's worth it. <laughs> Listen, do me a favor. Tell everyone where they can follow you on social media. But more importantly, check out the best PlayStation show with your best friend, Kyle. Okay. That's a fact. If you don't mind, I would like to drop a link in the chat to the trophy room, uh, a tweet to the trophy room awards. Uh, that oh, yes. We're Talk going about to that. be doing on the 20th it's a whole lot of fun it's just us gathering around and pretty much we're letting the audience decide what games defined 2020 and celebrate the developers in the games that got us through this rough year um so please participate it's a ton of fun kyle and i we're gonna have like a guess of like what do we want to win what do we think is going to win it's, it's a whole bunch of fun this week uh we have an extensive talk 
on Cyberpunk 2077. And, you know, we give our impressions on it. We talk about the controversies uh, that happened with its launch. And we tackle something that not a lot of PlayStation shows are doing, which is Sony's bad refund policy. And if we were shoe, how would we fix it? So go on, take a look. We also review the PlayStation 5 of our month with it. Uh, go over there, check it out. It's one of our longest episodes yet, but honestly, it's one of my favorite ones. It's a really good grounded conversation. You can find that over on YouTube at The Trophy Room Show or where most people view it over on any podcast service of your choosing, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast services, you can find us there. You can find me at Mr. Badbit. You can find the show's Twitter at P.S. Trophy Room. And there you go. That's it. That's me. Your mic's muted, by the way. <laughs> there you go. I think you muted. Thanks so much for being here, Mr. Bad Bit. And also, thank you for being the honest PlayStation gamer. Cannot wait to hear uh, what, your, you know, what your opinions are. As a matter of fact, we're going to be getting into that tomorrow on Breakfast at Boom about mm-hmm. how the message from both uh cd project red was misconstrued and not because it looks like like real talk if it is as deep as this the rabbit hole go goes and i'm not kidding you not just cd project red lied to us but playstation and xbox they both did yeah they both what's crazy is that they knew that there was a problem and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into it again. This is a uh, this is a big this is this is a big deal. I don't I don't think this is a conversation that's gonna go away anytime soon. And mm-hmm. I think more and more is starting to come out, especially that investor emergency meeting. I got some quotes from that, and wow, it's really shocking. That uh, broke as we were recording the show. Wow, it always it, happens to you with that. Do you ever notice yeah. that? It does. Oh yeah. Well, Archimedes, we're reacting to the fly. Yeah, yeah. Archimedes, let's get you on out of here, brother. Obviously, you have been doing some really great things on your channel. Uh, had you had an amazing show on Tuesday? Both Mister Bad Bit and I were a part of it. It was your end of year discussion where you broke down by month what games came out and what news. It was very well handled. Uh, why don't you tell everyone about where they can check out that show? Check out your YouTube channel, but more importantly, follow you on social media. Yeah, first of all, I want to thank you guys for this fantastic show. Um, it's it's been a blast having actual actual conversation with different opinions. Joe, Sammy, even though we might have disagreed on some of the things, I love these kind of discussions. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, everyone can find me basically everywhere at Boxenberger on Twitter, PlayStation uh, Network, on Xbox Live, and of course here on YouTube. Uh, where I have my YouTube channel, like you said. Um, I uh, put up a show on Tuesday. Um, usually I don't do live shows. I not, Usually I have a commentary video game channel uh, where I put up about one video per week about a certain topic of the gaming industry. And um, But we did a fantastic live show. Thanks again for being part of it. It was a really fun uh, I, I had a blast the feedback was great so um yeah thanks again for that and definitely check that channel out and otherwise yeah uh, i hope uh, we hear us soon uh, next week will be christmas uh, so yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, won't have a, a, the regular podcast but after that uh, i'm really looking forward to to be on the show again yeah, what we're going to do is next week, uh, we are going to have the primetime gaming on Monday evening. Uh, Tuesday, there is not going to be a show. Wednesday, 
I, I, I know that uh, you can't be here, Archimedes. Zemi Games can be here. Joe, I don't know if you'd be able to make it. It is December 23rd. It is the day before Christmas Eve. We will be having um, an Xbox Factor podcast right before the holiday. And then, boom, and the rest of the crews that work with me regularly are going to be taking off for the remainder of the holiday and we will be back the following monday for primetime gaming and in that particular week we will have an adjusted schedule as well i'm trying to get on board with everybody but you will have at least three more shows before christmas of course tomorrow's breakfast with boom which is the holiday episode monday's primetime gaming and also the special uh edition episode on wednesday of the xbox factor podcast and everyone i just want to wish you uh, be safe out there, folks. If you are in the Northeast, it's slippery. Uh, it's not snowing anymore, but man, we got dumped. So, of course, I want to say be careful if you're going to be driving, be careful if you're going to be walking, and if you're going to be out there shopping, wear a mask, wear gloves, wash your hands, be careful. And I'll close out the show with something that's important to me. Hopefully, one day it'll be important to you. And that's something that my dad taught me. And I think now more than ever, we need this. And he said, Son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything. To be nice, you live by those rules, and I can guarantee you, you're gonna have an awesome day. So, take care, everyone. We'll see you next week on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. Hey!